So, all you jabronis out there, this is Brett Azar, the Iron Sheik on NBC's Young Rock, which airs on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. If you don't watch, I break your back. I am also the Young Terminator. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen Genesis, go watch it. If you haven't seen Doc Day, go watch it. And again, you jabronis. Yeah, I'm doing Arnold and saying the chic words. Yeah, you all watch Below the Belt. Come on, do it now. It's there. It's streaming. Click the link. Do it. Come on. This bye-bye. Love you. Number one. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of Below the Belt Show. This is our special Cinco de Mayo episode, or as they say, Drinco de Mayo. Uh, it's a special holiday. Um, in many ways, uh, for here on BTB, um, we like to keep it social. So uh, an adult beverage is always encouraged. Um, and let's go ahead and introduce the room. Again, I'm Al Soto, your host with the most, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto. And let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the amazing panel, starting with, that's right, he is the once-and-future king. He is the last Numenorian. He is one true knight. He is the one and only Martin Lopez. How are you kids doing out there this evening? <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo, Martin. Feliz Thank you. Appreciate Cinco de, it. De, de Mayo. Cinco de Yes, I'm la vida. Mexico on tonight's podcast. Yes. Donde la está la bebida? Mm -hmm. Donde está la bebida? Let's go ahead and introduce the other voice that just joined us. She's been on uh, BTB before for John Huertas from NBC's This Is Us. Um, our next panelist also has amazing credits herself. She's appeared in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wow. Um, she's been on HBO's Veep. Uh, and she's the one and only Desiree Velez. Hola! You can call me Desi. Happy Des Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yeah, Absolutamente. Okay, yeah. so I didn't have time to go out and get real booze. So this is a berry flavored immunity booster tablet. Okay. <laughs> so water, it's but so hey, it looks like it's a so rose. Rebel. It does look like a rose. 
And you know what they say, no way, Rosé. <laughs> And, <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, and it's got it's got like ooh. like you know a carbonated wine okay well you know what i am literally getting here just in the nick of time to pour myself my favorite bullet bourbon and yellow on ice so, <laughs> so bullet bourbon it's a pretty pretty strong uh pour there but uh yeah, and you have the quality stuff well, thank you. I'm a quality kind of guy. Not joking. <laughs> out of the gate, out of the gate with the lame one-liners, just, just firing, firing from the hip. Hey, there's our other person. What's up, Ali Jess? Hey. Let's go ahead and introduce. She is actress extraordinaire. She is voiceover actress talent extraordinaire. She's a great mom. The list goes on and on. I call her the adorable one. She is Allie Dash. Hello, I'm finally on. Good to have you back on BTB and happy Drinko de Mayo. Everybody is, uh, because it's Cinco de Mayo, indulging in an Racist. adult beverage. Allie, if you feel <laughs> join us in adult <laughs> beverage. Uh, <laughs> I got my water. <laughs> you got water tonight? That's quite <laughs> I don't have any adult beverages at That's home. Quite... That's all right. That's all right. Allie, you're not much of a partier, not much of a drinker. Um, every now and then, um, my and stomach, then. my stomach can't handle alcohol. So every now and then I do, but then I like, my stomach can't handle it. Oh my gosh, you you're an alcohol nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allie, we appreciate you, uh, returning back on BTB before we go, get into everything, our special guests and everything in the world of entertainment. Um, I want to focus on the panel. If there's anything um, um, you want to promote, anything, any projects you want to talk about, where we can see you, since we have a really multi-talented panel. Desi, want to start with you? Um, my last gig, which is already aired, but it uh, it it was um, a campaign, um, and it was funded by parents that are actually taking on the tobacco industry because they've been gearing you know, tobacco towards minors, like, you know, with all the e-cigarettes, which is a huge problem now because yeah, they like got bubblegum flavors, bubblegum flavor, yeah, raspberry, yeah, you know, it's like, what if dogs have bubblegum like, flavor? Yeah, it's more enticing that, now. Give me that Barney flavor nicotine. <laughs> the flavors are like enticing people to start, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like tricks, red rush and bullshit. They're totally going right. after 12 year olds. Unreal. And they're like, huh? We're not doing that. Huh? So yeah. this was like a, um, a PSA. Skateboarding. What, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a PSA for um, awareness to promote. Yes, it was a PSA. Very, very cool. Can we talk about a PSA that you and I are in, Desi Velez? Why not? Um, that hasn't come out yet, though. But yeah, it's for segue. NIH. And Al and I are on there. And basically, I mean, I think it's a good idea. Um, we have uh, a lot of conflict now between people who are getting the vaccines and then people who are afraid to get the vaccines. And then you have the group that are like, it's, you know, against my right. I don't want the vaccine. Right. I so know a um, people like that we can't too. get this thing under control, honestly, unless we all get vaccinated. Yep. So it was just basically a PSA for NIH endorsing um, people to get the vaccine and that it's safe and that a lot of research has been done. Um, and um, looks like um, they wanted um, some people of color for this particular uh, PSA that we did. So uh, that was cool. Looks like I hear some 
running water in the back. <laughs> Martin, you gotta it mute better your be water. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Hey, I don't know. I don't know how sensitive the mics door, were. Dude. <laughs> um, all right, Ali Dash, what what do we have in the in the works? Um, mostly just voiceover work. Um, I need to get back That's out awesome. there. Um, but yeah, mostly Later. just. The latest. With- what's the latest voiceover project you can promote? Um, well, I do like I do a bunch of them. Um, so I'd have to look through like. Um, like, <laughs> you're like, always working like it's like okay I'll just another voiceover <laughs> in the meantime people are clamoring for work but like I have so you much work tell. I forgot which look one. at her mic set up that's I a know. completely professional voiceover she's got her little booth going I know phenomenal yeah I actually auditioned for um uh, I told you Allie a voiceover not too long ago that's I'm starting awesome. to want to get into that voiceover world as, as as well. So that was a challenging one because I'm not a New Yorker, but I've watched a lot of, you know, Goodfellas and stuff like that. But they wanted a New York accent, which, um, you know, my agent was like, oh, can you do a New York accent? Well, you know, I've, you know, I've watched a lot of like New York gangster type of <laughs> movies, you know, maybe get some inspiration from like that New what York. What are you accent. talking about? You go to New York yeah. all the time. All now. the time. Exactly. All the time. Yep. I'm telling us my way. My dad's from Brooklyn. I can crush a New York accent. Yes. <laughs> Brooklyn yes. in the house. Yeah. You can have yeah, Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Bay Ridge. Brooklyn. Son. Daz is Bay Ridge we as well. We must be cousins. <laughs> you could be primos. I was in Bay Ridge in an Italian neighborhood, so I, I talk with well, my hands I, a lot. I hear, I hear that accent coming out. Oh, yeah, right. New Yorkers talk with their hands. It's it. <laughs> Martin Lopez. I, Martin, I know you got some uh, good acting gigs because you said that uh, things are starting to to get yeah. busy, busy. Yeah. What would we, yeah, anything so like, you can promote yet? Yeah, after the desert wasteland that was 2020, where like nobody called at all for a right. year, I right. sat in my house and felt unloved and unwanted. Um, <laughs> that right. And, and broke as hell. <laughs> right, just it's oh, for the whole yeah, the whole industry was awful for us. Uh, January 1st, moving forward, like I blew up, and it's great. Like people have just been calling, and it's like it's been those good ones where you don't even audition. They're like, we saw you in this, we want you yes, to do this, and then yes. and then you have to try and slow roll them. Like you're not too excited. You're like, I don't know, I'm gonna have to check my calendar. Um, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's been weird? Uh, the most recent stuff has been music videos. Oh, cool. So, yeah, cool. so I uh, just yeah, well, I've never done them before, so it's new for me. But uh, yeah, I just started one from I'm gonna try and say her name correctly, Marianella Torrico, who's uh-huh. a Bolivian pop star, great, nice. great uh, woman. She did this song Duele, which basically means the hurt. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm playing the uh, the story in the background. Spoiler alert: it's not happy. Uh, <laughs> and then a local artist. This is a fun little promo. If any of you are familiar with uh, Mia Loren great human being who uh, I got to know over the last couple months. Um, she's uh, put me in one of her videos just briefly. I don't matter as much in that one. Um, and then we're going to shoot another one next week. So apparently music uh, videos is my new thing. That's the new hotness. That's, that's awesome. That's Congratulations. Congrats. Everyone yeah. seems like they got some stuff on and popping and that, that is fantastic. And I uh, tell you though, I love voiceover work because you go in there, you knock it out. You got the rest of the day off. And the pay is really good. Yes. It's really good. And I was so upset because I 
Well, actually, I was happy because I went in and I did um, an audition and it should have been one spot. And then it ended up turning into two or almost three for Maryland.gov for healthcare. And then I was about they called me to do another one, but they were afraid to go in and record it. They were very afraid. So they wanted me to record it from home. And I don't have a setup like she does. And so I know. I, they said, well, give me a bit to try and figure this out. And they were like, oh, no, that's okay. And the next thing I knew, somebody else was coming over the uh, radio. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Look at Allie's setup. It, it's like incredible. It's they love you amazing. for that healthcare stuff. You're always playing like nurses or like somebody in the doctor's hospital. Like, <laughs> you got well, a lot of those was- on your resume. This one, they didn't see me, but it was just like a, a happy thing about some guy going, well, I don't know where to go get a good, you know, healthcare. Maryland.gov. Well, I don't know about prices. But you, but you, Maryland.gov. you sound healthcare-y. You sound all, <laughs> you sound industry. You sound a healthcare professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can barely day. afford my own healthcare. That's mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah. Por tu salud, right? Of course. Um, well, let's let's um, announce our special guest a little later in the program. Um, there's an indie film called In Action. It's a uh, got so many genres in this film. It's a comedy. It's an action film. It's part animation, um, part hand sketches, part um, toys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, a very unique Watch it film. now. Watch it. Oh, uh, yeah. Not the toys you're thinking of in your closet, Des. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who keeps them in the closet? They don't stay in the closet. It's a drawer, oh. man. Nobody keeps them in the closet. Or your drawer or wherever you keep them, Des. I would, I, would, I would love to meet the young lady who just has a closet full of toys. Funny. <laughs> She opens it up like it's the Bat Cave. There's holsters and shit. There's different size weapons. <laughs> Allie, you got something? You know I'm Allie? TMI. No, come on. You're on the blow of the boat, so you're fine. It's just funny. I've um, I've got it's a bag that actually I have shelves up here. Oh. So there's I worked a so it's funny I worked a Trojan promo with my husband. Um, back when I was um, doing a ton of events prior to oh COVID. Oh my gosh. Trojan and so condom. now we, we keep all of stuff so in the Trojan bag. This can be taken. Which is really So, yeah, so technically so it is in, in my closet. Room. Yeah, yours is in the sound room. See? Hers is her toys are in the closet. See? Uh. <laughs> all right, but not the toys you're thinking of, guys. Action figures, dollhouses. That's, but it's a very unique film. It's called In Action. Um, they're doing... Um, a promotion now. It's uh, available on demand. It's it's been featured and won bunch of awards for independent film festivals. We have the actors, the two actors from the film, because it's a very small cast, um, and there are also the filmmakers and the writers, uh, Sean Keneally and Eric Silvera will be joining us here on BTB. And then myself and Des, we actually did an interview for our sister show, Click on This, uh, with the um, creatives behind the indie film Cerebrum. Um, so uh, we actually have one of the actors uh, featured who is, whose name is Christian James. We also have two of the uh, filmmakers, uh, uh, producers involved with the film. A great film. So this is kind of like a... An independent it's, film. It, it really was. It's you guys got to see it. It's a phenomenal film. They're premiering now, right? This 
this week both, was both both films are available on on the de- on demand at, at different platforms i believe cerebrum is available on amazon not prime but amazon video um and i believe it's also available on tubi if, I, if i'm not mistaken um and we'll, we'll have to talk to the filmmakers behind in action of where we can see their film i know it it is it does have an on-demand run so we can catch it video on demand but we'll learn more about that. But again, a very unique film. Both films are very unique in very different ways. Um, so um, that's the pre-recorded interview for Cerebrum. But for in action, very unique film. Animation, hand sketches, live action. So we're going to talk to those guys a little later in the program. So, well, anyways, I thought it would be good to talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. Uh so um, one of the um, feature um, festivals um, that I, I, I'm just in awe of, and it's amazing. I mean, Sundance is one of them, but the Tribeca Film Festival uh, went completely dark last year for 2020 for the pandemic. Um, but this year, it's going to be largely in person in New York, actually. Um, they're still going to have an online platform for those that can't travel yet for whatever reason. But they're actually going to have, I guess, a hybrid festival. So this is kind of a, a great thing because it's the first film festival since the pandemic that's uh, going to have an in-person, um, uh, in-person uh, format. So very exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah, very exciting. 35 films, 24 features, and 11 shorts. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, and of course, the virtual screenings will also take place as well. But this is going to be in June 9th or June 20th in New York City. So uh, something to look forward to. Um, so uh, at the top of the box office, um, it seems like Demon Slayer knocked Mortal Kombat from the top of the box office. And myself and Martin, we uh, attended our buddy, the Kyle Drogo of the DMV, Linebeckwis, um Mortal Kombat screening. Um, who, of course, he did show up late <laughs> for yeah. his own screening. Yeah, for, for everybody who knows Lion, you could have called this coming out. But yeah, like, this is his baby. We rented out a whole theater so, you know, right. we could be safe and see it with the people that we liked and everything. So <laughs> right. we knew we knew everybody in there. But, of course, it's Lion, so it's got to be, like, big and in your face. So he wants people in costumes. So we got right. people dressed <laughs> like Sub-Zero. We got ninjas. He's hired, like, three martial artists to come do this thing ahead of time and blah, blah, blah. Motherfucker is like 30 minutes late his own thing. We're like holding the movie. No, I know. And like he was asking, so what happened the first 30 minutes of the film? Yeah, like, on his yeah. yeah, the room <laughs> ran out of patience. We're like, what's well, sorry, man? We're like, I know. You're trying to like calm the audience down. You know, had a little cosplay, you know, um, show of all the people in cosplay, except for Lion because he was late and kind of like bide yeah. some time i guess a little bit before but he, <laughs> but he made me take over so like he calls me he set this whole thing up and he had a little speech and he's like hey listen i need you to i need you to get in front of the audience and say this this and this can you do it i'm like all right you asshole <laughs> <laughs> but mortal kombat formerly the number one movie now the number two movie um and demon slayer this anime film is the number one movie um <laughs> that's I awesome my yeah. daughter wants to see it so you want to, bad. Your wants she's to a see huge it? Demon Slayer fan, and she's like, I keep it's... coming seeing spoilers. She's like, we need to go see it. She's yeah. like obsessed. I, I'm surprised it actually uh, knocked, um, you know, uh, Mortal Kombat from the top. 
Um, very, very surprising. I mean, it's anime. Anime is usually, you know, it, it has this niche audience, but it's usually like not the mo- like usually the animated films at the top, the top of the box office are like Disney films, that kind of thing. But to see yeah, like an anime living, film, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, we're living in the age of the nerd. Like enough of us who grew up nerdy and getting picked on for liking that stuff, we're old enough now. A lot of us are married. A lot of us have kids. Like I think you're going to see a lot of genre turnover. Like why do you think the Marvel movies crushed it? You know, like 20 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, but they were amazing. Oh my gosh, I I just love Marvels. Oh yeah, I got some I got some great Marvel news, guys. I'm gonna get to that a little later, but yeah. I'm just saying it's playing into a different demographic, right? We, you know, the, the the people in this call hit 20 something. And then all of a sudden we got Lord of the Rings, Marvel Comics, all the all the stuff that we loved when we were eight or nine and some like jack guy was yeah. punching us for. But it's cool now. <laughs> See, my my daughter's in middle school and like her like most of her class, like they're all have like anime profile pictures, but like really? like the okay. whole like middle school class, like they all so, like are obsessed so the, with the anime. Kids love anime these days. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm telling that's, you. That's fantastic. Um well Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm glad I caught it on HBO Max because I didn't really want to watch it in the theater because I I actually had to watch all the rest of the other Godzilla uh, movies and the the Kong Skull Island film because they're all they're all kind of connected. So, um, but I did manage to see it. That's the number three film. Separation number four, and the fifth film is Ryan the Last Dragon, which was a lot of fun. If you haven't seen Ryan the Last Dragon, um, but you know Godzilla versus Kong, it, it was a fun film. It wasn't great. The special effects were were fantastic, but you know the overload in CG of a, in a movie really, if there's like way too much CG, it kind of takes away from I don't know the viewing um, aspect of it for me. For me, like at least with the Avengers and stuff like that, you know you have live actors, you have actual actors in front of the green screen and then when you're watching godzilla versus kong all completely cg you know it's like i don't know for me it takes away a little bit of from oh you screen. missed the guy in the costume crushing the model town <laughs> oh, you mean practical effects i don't know if they can get away with <laughs> and, that. Nick, and the words but... out of sync with the right, other actors right <laughs> japanese version right <laughs> that would be something else uh, all right, so movies in production. We have um, so there's a uh, Transformers movie, a new Transformers movie that's set to be released in June of 2022. Um, this is pretty much an ongoing revamp of all the Transformers movies we've seen uh, that began with Bumblebee, the successful spinoff from 2018, um, which was a more character-focused film. So, and then and. In fact, I thought that was one of the best Transformers movies was Bumblebee. So if they kind of go in that direction, I think it's going to be a great, great film. Would be nice if they came and shot some scenes here again. Transformers, <laughs> yes. They were actually in D.C. They shot at the Smithsonian. Uh, a friend of mine actually worked on set and gave me the tip of, uh, of you know, <laughs> I'm not going to mention his name because he could get in trouble, even though it was years ago. Um, yeah, no, no, don't say it. But I got I got to meet Big and Fox. <laughs> So that was a pretty uh, pretty awesome treat to, uh, to to get on set of that. So pretty rad. Um, for you fans of um, Red Sonia, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Red Sonia. Yeah, Red Sonia. 
Oh, you are your fan of Returnia? Okay, cool. Well, one, it's all about swords in the medieval period, and it's like, you know, 85, so of course I'm into it. But it's okay. Also, that's well, one of the um, first appearances. They're that, that's do an, Arnold onto the screen. They're doing a new iteration of Red Sonia with Hannah John Kamen. Um, she's gorgeous, by the way. Um, she is, was the villain uh, ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp, if anyone's seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah. Her yes. She was phenomenal she's in that. She's gonna be she's gonna be um Red Sonia. Red Sonia. I wonder who they're gonna get to play Schwarzenegger's role. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but the, I think That's she's a big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, he was a supporting actor in that. He was so he wasn't the lead. She was the lead, and he's he matters. He gets like maybe forty minutes of screen time, but that's that's when you get the initial muscle down to Arnie. Get them to the chopper. One hundred percent. Yes, I love it. Um, what else do we have? Um, David Cronenberg has set his first di- directorial feature since 2014. It's called Crimes of the Future. Something to look forward to with Viggo Mortensen, Lea Sadeau, and Kristen Stewart from Twilight fame. So, um, uh, Let's see. Masters of the Universe. So apparently um, casting changes with that film. Uh, initially, Noah Centineo was going to play He-Man, Prince Adam. But apparently he is no longer to be part of the project for reasons not mentioned. That's who, not good. Who do you think would be, who, who think be yeah, a good He-Man? Like who would be a good He-Man? I mean, I, I say Chris Hemsworth. Why not? Yeah, Chris right? Hemsworth would be an amazing Prince Adam. He's all blonde yeah. as fuck and big and jacked. Totally. Yeah. I think that's an easy casting. So if they want to go that route, I, I think he would work fantastic. Um. Also, um, Olivia Wilde is kind of moving more towards directing and producing behind the camera, even though she's amazing. Um, she's actually going to be directing a film based on Olympic gold medalist Carrie Strug and the upcoming biopic called Perfect. Um, so that's going to pre- begin production in 2022. Um Eva Longoria is going to be um, working on a prestige project called Flaming Hot. So this is a pretty interesting like um, story because the Flaming Hot Cheetos was developed by a janitor that actually worked at Frito-Lay who came okay. up with the idea <laughs> of Flaming Hot. And, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. <laughs> Yeah, his name is Richard Montañez, and he took inspiration from his Mexican heritage c- to create the wildly popular Flaming Hot Cheetos. Ah, that's Get kind that of money, Richard. Story. It's kind of Get like a rags, a rags to Richards, uh, rags, rags to Richards, <laughs> <laughs> rags to riches story. Because of, you know what happened? He come to work and he said this tastes like crap, and he put the hot sauce in the bag and he shake it like chicken bake, and then he ate it. He said. <laughs> What the bueno? And the next thing you know, the guys are like, what did we think of this shit? You know? <laughs> then he had to pay him some money. Yeah. Or he's going to sue his ass if you don't pay me money. Yeah, I yeah no, you know what happened is, you know <laughs> they tried great. to steal that job. shit. They tried to be like, hey, good job, buddy. Here's like 50 bucks. Thanks for yeah. the idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, let's talk about Marvel, guys. Oh, my goodness. They had this trailer about like um we're missing you at the movies kind of trailer uh, with some of the sneak peeks of the upcoming marvel films um and it's it, it was a pretty good uh trailer that's a basically a scissor reel so it showed some 
a never before seen footage from Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Uh, also, Black Widow, um, Spider Man Far From Home. Um, so that was really cool. And then it went into all the uh, releases that are coming up in 2021 and 2022. Um, so we all know about Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternal, Spider Man. But they also talked about the upcoming 22, 2022 films. Ooh, there's a lot of ruckus going on in the background. First, in 2022, uh, March of 2022, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will be the first film in 2022. Then we're going to get Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. Thor 4, guys. Um, I'm excited. I'm really confused the, about that. And maybe you can explain it to me. Natalie Portman. That's right. Natalie Portman will Hard be pass. the female Thor. Yeah. Which is it. What? It's They're it's having a female Thor? Well, yeah, so they this, I think they have them they in the comics. Comic it, it, it's a comic yeah. book storyline. It is a comic book storyline that they're bringing to, and it ruined to the, the Marvel comic. lore. So they, they, they did it in the comic. They, they made Thor Odin's son, not a son. And the comic book sales dropped off 58, 60%. So I'm not sure why we're putting this on film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she, you know, I mean, the whole thing about Thor is that they're um, they're mythological gods, you know, of sorts, exactly. you know. Exactly, and I'm pro-women, but even I'm not cool with that. I mean, Natalie Portman. I like my Thor. I love my Thor. <laughs> Natalie Portman is a brilliant scientist, right? She was a scientist. Um, right. Uh, but... <laughs> What I mean, what the hell well, is I guess that about? Find... she's supposed to come from another planet. That's a thing. I mean, it, it pretty much goes against what Thor is. I mean, he's from Asgard, you know. Nally Portman's character of Jane is from Earth. So, you see, here's the problem the creator's gone now, and now all these other people who really didn't create these characters are going to step are in you and you're going to have a haphazard mishmash. You're talking yeah. about Stanley. Yes, I mean okay. he he just had it. He had the personalities, the charisma down, the yeah. right level of action and humor. Okay. Um in July you also see like what happens when you try to over message a movie. I mean, look at Wonder Woman two. Wonder Woman one was phenomenal and Wonder yeah. Woman two drowned in its own bias message. Still need to watch friends. Wonder Woman too. Except you don't, for our friends. You don't need to except watch our it. friend scene. We can watch I the only, mall I, scene. I did I watched the mall scene. I watched Lion scene and then I that I was excited That's, to see to see all that. But then I was like, oh I'll watch the, the rest best later. Part. <laughs> you saw so now it's stuff. no longer an HBO Max Alex. So you're gonna have to wait. And that's what I found out. I was like, oh I have time. <laughs> yeah. But think about it. Marvel's kind of in trouble because the last movie we saw Either most of the characters died or they were retired. So Captain not America's most. retired, Thor's retired, Iron no, Man's Thor's dead. Thor's not retired. Thor's not retired. He, Thor was be... left at, Thor gave his hammer to somebody else. No, 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 Thor's not retired. He, he is yeah. very much still a part He's of the fine. Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> He's totally still, fine. Yeah, still pretty much in Thor Love and Thunder. It's just they're going to introduce Jane Austen as the female Thor. Um, but yes, but sadly, we did lose in real life Chadwick Boseman in the next oh, film. Oh, that was devastating. The next film on the slate is Black Panther, and the subtitle is Wakanda Forever. So that's Black Panther 2. Uh, that's coming out July 8th, 2022. They didn't confirm, but I'm sure it's going to be Shuri. 
uh, donning the Black Panther um, costume because I really highly doubt, and Marvel said they would not recast T'Challa. It'd just be, be kind of a little disrespect yeah. right now. So I think that's what, the way they're going to go for it. And Captain Marvel is going to be called The Marvels for the sequel. Um, that's going to be released in November of 2022. Um, what about also- Captain America? Captain America 4 in production. They're actually writing the script now. So we're not going to see the Captain America 4 film for a while. However, I think that's why they put the Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney Plus to kind of. Yeah, um, so we can get the idea. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, Allie. (laughs) Oh, Allie. I know. I'm getting all the spoiler alerts. I know. I like uh, WandaVision. I watched weekly, but we like, um, we're going to have to binge. Uh, the rest of Falcon and the Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier. responsibilities, Ali Dash. I know. I enjoyed I enjoyed Wandavision more than Cap. Uh, Cap and the I Winter loved Soldier. Wandavision. But they're both uh, very entertaining. Yeah, I, very- I could. I I was the opposite. Wandavision, especially the first three episodes, like we did not like three episodes, and I love the Disneyland. It, was, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for you. Okay. Nope. I well, we're also getting fuck asleep. <laughs> <laughs> We're also getting Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania in February uh, of 2023. And then we're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Woo! James Gunn will be back. Awesome. And awesome. last but not least, they tease Fantastic Four. Well, what happened the to the Hulk? Time. They're trying yep. to relaunch Fantastic Four for the third time. Nobody <laughs> this, wants to see this. this is the fir- well, well, this is the first time it's in the, um, the MCU. Right, so it's in the right so maybe, hands. It's in the right hands. Maybe they'll do better, but yeah. No mention um, of the Hulk. Um, no, Hulk is not going to have a solo film. The the problem Hulk is not too good well, either. The Mark reason, Ruffalo wasn't in the, well, the, the only Hulk why, movie. I do know the reason why, and it's because Universal owns the right to the Hulk movie oh, franchise. Gotcha. You can have Hulk as a side character or supporting character, but you cannot have a Hulk movie until universal decides they want to give up the rights to it so that's the story behind that gotcha i'm but so we, glad sony and marvel worked out a deal with for Spider-Man. spider-man heck yeah and x-men so x-men, is and be X-Men. Amazing. yes oh the complexities they're just playing with my emotions <laughs> it's gonna be great it's it's gonna be great guys um i guess we can um pivot to the disney plus marvel stuff and we'll go back to the star wars stuff but uh um, Loki star Tom Hiddleston announced that Disney Plus is moving up its release date to Wednesdays uh, for um, the Loki series. So instead of the show typically dropping on Friday, it's going to drop on Wednesday. So that's that's great news for those that really wanted to, uh, um, you know, I mean, obviously Friday, you know, is kind of like what we're used to for Disney Plus releasing new episodes. But we're going to get it to better model. You like the better model uh, for Friday yeah. or, or Wednesday? Fri- no, Wednesday. Friday I have like actual real life shit to do. I can stay exactly. in and watch a TV show. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, actually, Kevin Feige um, did an interview with Rolling Stone and, st- and said that originally they wanted um, Benedict Cumberbatch to play Doctor Strange in WandaVision, but they decided not to um, because basically it would have undercut what was supposed to be Wanda's story. I mean, that's what they're saying for that. But originally, the original plans were to have him featured. So interesting. Yeah. I kept waiting for him to pop up. I know. Right? You know what? You know what might have been my. Other, all the rumors. Is, 
Mm-hmm. It's because, like, I'm such a big X-Men fan. Like, I don't like her manufactured background to get around the X-Men problem. Like, in real life, she's the daughter of Magneto. Like, that is yes. Wanda Maximoff. And they had to make this whole BS backstory about her touching this Infinity Stone to explain her powers. None of that's true. <laughs> I actually read House of M. Um, while when I was, I, I did. You read the comic book? So good. I did. Well, oh, when I was awesome. watching WandaVision, I was like, you know what? I want to read the, the comic it's based on. It was good. They they actually How had an Easter House egg. Of M, right? Yeah, House of M is gangster. They had that um, Easter egg with the bottle of wine that had a House mm-hmm. of M on it, right? Yes. Yeah, so they're kind of hinting at that. So that's going to be awesome. All right, as you know, yesterday was also especially not only today is May 5th for Cinco de Mayo. Yesterday was May the 4th. And, of course, it's Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. A lot of the, um, the OG uh, Star Wars um, cast was tweeting about it uh, about star wars day and uh, mark hamill said i'm beginning to accept the fact that i'll never i'll probably never do another movie that gets its own day oh he's a great guy yeah he is um anthony daniels c3po um pointed out um star wars day um uh, fell under a pandemic, but basically he shared a video of him reading a chapter from his book, I Am C-3PO, as he did last year. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I celebrated by um, by just posting funny memes, you know, and throwbacks for uh, Star Wars Celebration, which was an amazing Star Wars fan convention in Orlando. And... Uh, yeah, you mean you uh, didn't put on your Mandalorian outfit on yesterday? No, right? What the hell? Why didn't you wear it today? That would have been interesting. Yeah, I didn't want to pick from Cinco de Mayo, though. You know, it's kind of taken away. But you know what? I'll, I'll bring in Baby Yoda for an appearance uh, yes, yes. At, at the second half of the show. <laughs> if I had a Mandalorian uh, outfit, I would wear it every day. Yeah, right? Uh, but Disney Plus, um, of course, they're celebrating May the 4th be with you as well. They just dropped The Bad Batch. If anyone knows what The Bad Batch is. It's a, yes, it's going to be awesome. It's an animated series that follows the Clone Wars. And and basically, they're a group of experimental clones. As you know, the, the, the original clones are from Django Fett, you know, and they're all pretty much, you know, unaltered. But these will um, have exceptional powers or skills uh, for these. Yeah, they're groups. a bad batch. It, it went wrong with them, right? The experiment wasn't clean, and they came out better. Better, <laughs> right. So they have a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinarily, extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. So that's something to look forward to. Um, the big question is, did it let them avoid Order 66? All right. Yeah. So, that's what I think the show's going to be about. Well, I mean, well, they're technically not Jedi, so they 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 wouldn't they yeah, wouldn't be in danger. Troopers. Should they they should have been brainwashed like all their peers to hate Jedi. I bet you they avoid the mental conditioning. Oh, when okay, right, right, right. Okay, so that's why. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're going to probably have to explain that in the series. Whoa, yeah. you got some major clatter going on, Lopez. Sorry, we good. We're good now. <laughs> oh, this you is know, good. I was just having a, I was just a memory popped in my head, but I remember yeah. when I was at the movie theaters and it was one of the Star Wars films. Yeah. When they had all the baby future Jedi's, it was like the Jedi daycare center. 
Oh yeah, that's and in the they came and slaughtered all they the slaughtered kids. Slaughtered the younglings. I was so mad because normally oh, we were discussing yeah. this. Normally in movies, you don't put kids in there and kill them off, I you know. know and I, know. I was like, so disturbed by that. Thank God we did not see the violence, but yes, that really showed the evil side. Spoiler alert, but it's an old movie yeah. where Anakin Skywalker, in becoming Darth Vader, slaughters a bunch of young Jedi. Um, at the Jedi uh, Temple, and yeah, that was a very, that was very disturbing, Desi. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, and they they get you with that one cute kid with the British oh, accent. Oh yes, like one time, just like oh, no. Master I Anakin, know. we need help. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, no, <laughs> run, boy. What are we going to do, Master Anakin? And it's the, so bad. And then the lightsaber raises. Oh my God, it's bad. Um, there's a Simpsons Star Wars special on Disney Plus. So Maggie is on an epic quest for her stolen pacifier, and her adventure brings her face-to-face with young Padawans, Sith Lords, and familiar droids, rebel scum, and the ultimate battle against the dark side in its original short, celebrating the Star Wars galaxy. So a couple cool things to check out um, Yeah, to celebrate um, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And um, also with you. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a prayer. <laughs> yeah, it's Catholic. I always, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it is very Catholic. I grew up very, Catholic. We all did. Yeah, right? you felt me. Catholic as well, does. That's why we all have tremendous guilt and nice weapons. <laughs> 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 right. I'll have a nice coming after you with a ruler like Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> I remember when we were in the studio, Martin, and uh, because I had to prep the show, I couldn't make. Wednesday's Ash Wednesday, and you came into the studio, the host, and you had the Ash, and I felt guilty. I'm like, damn, I, I wish right. I had time to to, uh, to get the uh, the Ash for Ash Wednesday. <laughs> right. I I made time for Jesus, Al, because it was yeah, important. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like I've been going to non-denominational church or multi-denominational church, yeah. I say, and even now there's certain things like if I don't get palms on Palm Sunday, I feel like I'm going to hell. If I don't get my ashes <laughs> on Ash Wednesday, I feel like I'm going to hell. You eat on Friday during Lent? I don't. Yeah. That's still with me. That is still with me, too. Yeah. I, wish I, I whip that's out the easy. fish sticks. Yeah, that's easy. That's a fish stick thing. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Pauls. Oh, man. Oh, man, some Green Lantern news. Um, he was one of my favorite DC characters. Um, well, they actually cast Finn Wittrock. From American Horror Story to play Guy Gardner in the HBO Max series. So Guy Gardner, we mentioned Guy Gardner last week. He's kind of he has kind of like the 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 obnoxious but funny um, personality, a little bit like Kano from Mortal Kombat. He's kind of got that um, you know that shtick going for him. Um, so I'm curious how they're gonna you know uh, bring this character to life. Um, in this series so this is really great because yeah the movie with ryan reynolds didn't do so well so i know they really want to try to make this series this is a tv series a great series because it definitely didn't start off right with that with that you know critically bombed um green lantern film i mean i thought it was okay but then again i'm not super critical with superhero movies that's oh you are not yeah i just enjoy them all to be honest i'm still gonna tell ryan reynolds what you said Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I think he'll forgive yeah. me. Because we're, he, actually, we're in- 
he actually he actually agrees that it, it's not a great movie. Also, he tweets about it all yeah, the time. He murdered it in, they, in Deadpool. Yeah, yeah I was about made, to say that. I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they made fun of that in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. In fact, they actually wanted to show more Green Lantern in the Justice League's Zack Snyder cut, um, but apparently, um, the actor that played um, Green Lantern, who's a John Stewart version, the African American character of Green Lantern. The actor's name is Wayne T. Carr. Um, yeah, he had a small little cameo in the in the Zack Snyder cut, but um, hopefully we'll see more. You know, I'd like to bring that into the the main DCEU, which would be pretty cool. And we got yeah, me and Line watched the uh, the Snyder cut, and I was super stoked that they had Martian Manhunter, who I was Dude. So badly from the film. That's right, my motherfucker. Wasn't he great? He's great. You gotta have Martian Man. He's gotta have hitters, man. man. Martian Yeah. We man. need to bring back Catwoman, and well, we need to bring back um, I got the Green some... Hornet and Kato. Well, Catwoman, yeah, interestingly Catwoman enough, she will up. be. Well, she'll be featured in the new Rob Pattinson <laughs> movie. The Zoe Kravitz, right? Zoe Kravitz. Portrayed. I love her. Yeah. So we see. Um, we will see. I don't think there has been a live um, action Catwoman since Holly Berry. And prior to that was Michelle Williams. Um, Michelle or, Pfeiffer. Oh, I'm sorry. Michelle Pfeiffer, thank you. Michelle oh. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she did a fantastic job as Catwoman. Oh, Michelle she Pfeiffer. Did, man. She Michelle crushed Pfeiffer? it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause she, she was that right combination of like definitely mentally unstable but still super hot and sexy like she's great yeah like every um, guy in the theater is like you know i'd, I'd date her that's fine I mean, she's gonna stab me but it's <laughs> oh man wandavision has a new series on hbo max but no it's not wandavision it's elizabeth olsen the actress um it's called love and death um and she's playing a villain elizabeth olsen is playing the infamous texas axe murderer candy montgomery um, pretty crazy. Um, Do I don't know so, why? Because she's the daughter of Magneto and she's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of cool to see uh, Olsen in the um, uh, axe murderer role. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Also, Taika Waititi, from the director of uh, Thor Ragnarok, and he's been all over the place, is going to be in an HBO Max period series, Our Flag Means Death. Um. And he's actually going to portray the notorious pirate Blackbeard. All right. So Taika Waititi um, usually has been behind the camera, and then he'll do some voiceover, but he'll be back in front of the camera for that one. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, the Pennyworth um, series on Epics. Actually, they're going to be featuring that series on HBO Max because a lot of people don't have epics. I mean, uh, haven't been able to see it, but they've worked out a deal where the new episodes can air both on HBO Max and epics. So people can um, watch the Young Alfred uh, series. I haven't seen it yet, but a couple friends say it's a good series. Um, I'm excited about Cersei Lannister herself, Lena Headey. Joining the HBO series The White House Plumbers about the Watergate scandal. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Justin Theroux, Dom Hall Gleason. It's a five episode series that tells how Nixon's own political saboteurs and Watergate masterminds, who are um, played by Har- 
Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux accidentally toppled the presidency they were zealously trying to protect. So Woody always delivers. Yeah, he's he's just phenomenal. He's he's fantastic yeah. in everything he does, and and he, he did that political movie um, Game Change um, a couple years, like you know the the Sarah Palin uh, <laughs> um, yeah. film based film, and he did great in that too. So expect this uh, to be no different. I haven't watched. Yeah, he's this. got crazy range. He does. Yeah, like, like yeah, he, I he, loved he, his his um redneck in Zombieland. Love that freaking character, hands down, man. Yeah, so So comedic timing is off the charts, but then like that whole Twinkie fetish. (laughs) Yeah, but then in like Reign of Fire, he can do the scary Uh, badass. He's gonna do Tom Cassidy as Carnage. Like that dude is fucking versatile. Yes, the the Venom two movie. So we're looking and he can even do drama. How amazing was he way back in Indecent Proposal as like the loving husband who was heartbroken? Yes. Yes. A decent proposal. I remember that movie. Oh my gosh! Wow, that was a good one, guys. Has anyone seen Succession? Um, it's won so many awards, so many Emmys, but uh, Succession season three has added two big names to their cast: Alexander Skarsgård and Adrian Brody. So they're really, uh, yeah, bringing in the big guns for the third season. So uh, for your Succession fans, that's pretty awesome. Um, let's see. Um, Has anyone seen the new show Equalizer? Equalizer and CBS? I have not. No. No. Well, Equalizer is a woman. And... Brie Latifah plays... Yes. She's a great actress. But again, this is, this is something that... It's it's as as I don't know if it's because it's a woman that's in it. It's it's just it doesn't have that stuff that that the male character brought to it. Okay. You know, I mean, it's kind of hard to be that famous actor doing it. Not that she's not famous, but Equalizer you see is a guy, and and the, the whole thing with the watch. When did the original Equalizer come out? I don't know, but there's how many are there? Like two or three? I'm not familiar with the original iteration of it. Yeah. You're gonna make me look it up. Yeah, go look it up. <laughs> um, but over on Netflix, so as you know, um, I'm really looking forward to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. They're actually gonna release. This is interesting. They're gonna actually release the film in some cinemas. Cinemark uh, being one of them. Starting on May 14th for one week prior to the Netflix release on May 21st. So, um, yeah, Dave Batista is in that one. So that should be really fun. Um, if Mike the General's Eye was here, he'd know exactly which Dark Horse comic is. Uh, but this is called Lady Killer. Um, and um, Blake Lively will star and produce this Netflix original film based on the comic book. Um, and... Um, yeah, uh, so Lively's character is Josie Schuller, um, who gives every appearance of being the perfect 1950 housewife, who leads a secret life as a trained killer for hire when she's not catering to her family's needs. Okay. Housewife okay. by day, killer by night. Equalizer 1 was 2014, and Equalizer 2 was 2018. 
Ah. And, and, and of course, they're both played by, I mean, it's Denzel Washington. Oh, that, Denzel, okay. That does it. But, um, you know, he's like some, he used to be like, you get the impression he was either Secret Service or, you know, right. he, he's basically like, like Agent Bourne. He can just do anything and kill anybody like that. Right. Um, but, he, but he has a watch that he always looks at and says, hmm, 22 seconds. And then the bad guys are like, what? And it, it actually takes them like 22 seconds to kill everybody in the room. <laughs> and that's what the new equalizer is missing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, well, you just don't have a crush on Denzel. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. was eyeing, eyeing, eyeing Denzel all day on set, weren't you? Des? I mean, he's a good looking man. It's not your fault if you just <laughs> have a thing. No, I mean, well, you know, I was saying to myself, he's 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 a big guy. But what I was amazed is nobody recognized him because he had the mask and a hat yeah. and his favorite coat on that looks like, you know, like. <laughs> we all knew who he was, though. <laughs> we knew. We knew. And we were all like looking at each other like, you know, wait till people find out. Then yeah. we can have massive amounts of people. But you yeah. got a selfie with him. I'll get a selfie with everyone. Everyone. I didn't think I was going to get a selfie during the pandemic. I, I, I thought I would have to wait around, uh, you know, for a while before things calm down. But, yeah, I was able to get one. <laughs> you need to make, like, an Al's selfie scrapbook. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good idea. Somebody buy me a scrapbook. Oh, you haven't seen, he makes them all the time. Like, once a month on Facebook. I, I do it, I do it on social away. media. Are you talking about an actual, an actual Like, an scrapbook? actual scrapbook, yeah. An actual like mm-hmm. hard copy scrapbook. Yeah. Okay. Well, I then like you, have, of... you have a you have a birthday gift idea for me. Get the scrapbook. No, but you have to put a caption <laughs> with the arrow with saying Denzel Washington because that'll be the COVID COVID selfie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't tell who it is. <laughs> That's great, guys. Um, let's see. Uh, Dakota Johnson and Henry Golding have been cast in Netflix adaptation of Jane Austen's Persuasion. Okay, so this is a romantic um, novel, I guess, um, and it's based on the novel. And John, yes, this is here. This is here. Brit lit professor coming in. You're right. Yeah, Jane Austen's you familiar? Persuasion you... is about romance. Okay, <laughs> you're familiar. Okay, very good, good. Good rule of thumb is that every single Jane yeah. Austen book is about romance. So it's a it's safe. About romance. Like, I keep meaning know. to read Jane Austen. Okay. I've never just, read it... one of her books. She's got so many, but I definitely. Yeah, they're great, but it's oddly paradoxical because feminists love her for being empowering. It's all about like the witty, ah. independent woman who doesn't do what she's told. And then it's Disney syndrome. Every single one of them ends up desperately wanting to get married and is only happy when she finds a man. <laughs> I love that. the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> Even empowered women can find a prince. Yeah. Of course. This will be a little bit different than Dakota's Fifty Shades of Grey, which we was a little, little naughty in that one. So, <laughs> um, so Netflix has a series based on a very odd graphic novel comic book series called Sweet Tooth, and it's produced by Robert Downey Jr., although he's not in it. Um, it's basically a hybrid deer boy, like half deer, half boy, um, played by um played by beautiful boy alum christina convery okay um so uh josh brolin actually narrates the series and it's gonna drop on june 4th so 
Interesting. I guess the I'm not familiar, but I guess the that he is that a kids film. Um. Well, the the character is a kid, but it it seems like it's uh, might have some dark elements to it as well. It's kind of a dystopian story from what I'm reading here, and dystopian really never really is for kids. So, (laughs) so something to think about. Uh, I don't know about that, man. The Hunger Games is dystopian. Was that for kids though? There's a lot of violence. It's a teen fiction novel. Okay. Yeah. My daughter read The Hunger Games. Younger, young adults. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Netflix got a. They have a lot of content coming out. Um, they have an animated series set in the League of the Legends universe called Arcane coming up. Um, not familiar with that uh, franchise. Also, they just revealed the first image of 1899, a mystery series. Um, from uh, Jante Fries and Baron Bo Odar, creators of the global hit Dark. Um, so, also um, something to look forward to. And uh, The Last Kingdom, um, the final 10 episodes have been starting to shoot in Hungary, and it's headed to its last season. Never got into The Last Kingdom. It sounds like a show that you would like, Martin, The Last Kingdom. Is that the one with the zombies? Well, it's it's kind of uh well it's BBC it's originally on BBC. It's based on the best selling Saxton stories. Oh no, uh, yeah, that one is it's Saxon Warrior raised in Utrid. Uh, yeah. Utrid, son of Utrid. Ninth and tenth century England. That's completely yeah. your type of show. Yeah, that show is phenomenal. And I would say like even people that aren't medieval history nerds like me, like they yeah. all 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 my friends like my my you know artsy fartsy New York friends love this. It, it's just about Anglo-Saxon and Danish murder, <laughs> but it's really nice. well done. Okay, I'll have to check it out. It's uh, yeah, the last season, season five. So an animated series that's definitely not for kids. We talked about it on the show before. Is Invincible and wow, the finale. So good, dude. Did you watch the so finale, good. Martin? Please tell yes, me you did. It's so good. It's dude, so good. Holy smokes, Ali Daz. I hope we could talk about it for a little while, but. I just so crazy to wrap my head around, but it the final episode of season one just just pitted the father and son. I mean, these are two super powered human beings from the pan, planet of Viltrum. 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 So alert, alert. the father is from Viltrum. The, the the son is half human from Earth and half Viltrumite. I think that's what they yeah. call the the. Remember though. When they're fighting, he says, you're full-blooded Viltrum. Because I think it's a power thing. So I think he has all the power scopes of it. Basically, his dad is Superman. And he's just a darker version of Superman. But the kid is Superman, too. Evil version of Superman. And the kid is kind of like the ray of light, you know? It's kind of like what young Superman was, you know, in the beginning. Um, But it's such a brilliant animated series, guys. I mean, of course... (laughs) It isn't for kids. There's a lot of violence. It's very bloody, but oh, um, it's one of the most violent things I've ever seen. I was because t- I've been telling people to watch the show. Like a so you love the boy. What is it called like, again? Invincible. Invincible. So it's created by Robert Kirkman, who wrote The Walking Dead Alley. As ah. to be a Walking Dead fan. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, it's just so good. So and good, and it's not just. Here's the thing. It's not just like. It's not just for like action, whatever junkies like. The humor is hilarious. Like yeah. the real human situation. Like it's it's very good pacing. Like each episode, you're trying to solve the mystery and you don't know. Like there's so many good elements to yeah, the show. We I was like on the edge of my seat trying to figure out why the heck 
um, Nolan, Omni-Man, murdered the Guardians of the Globe. Like, why did he do it, you know? Like, there, there must be a reason they explained. Uh, spoiler I saw it alert. coming. They explained, spoiler alert, that, <laughs> yeah, he just wants to pretty much take over Earth and destroy well, you, anyone in its path, you know? You know what the hint was? Right in the beginning, when they did the background of Viltrum and they had, like, the warrior pledge, they said in there, the Viltrumite set one person to each planet to be its right. one and only protector. Protector, right. So as soon as he took it out, I was like, that means kill everybody else with superpowers. One and only protector means one and only. Yeah. Wow. One and only. So that, that really means his son. So so the thing was, he was very, I guess, um, conflicted because he was beating his son to a pulp. They could have killed his son. He decided to just let to just leave Earth for now, at least. And um, luckily, Invisible recovered from his injuries. Oh, and the line he said, right, when he starts beating his face, he goes, fine, whatever. What's 17 years? I'll just make another. And just starts smashing his face. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Wow. It's so dark. He called his wife a pet. She's more like a pet. Yeah. I was like, wow. Because the Viltrumites live for thousands of years. Yeah, thousands and thousands of years. So, you know. This is just one chapter in thousands of years that they're going to live. So, yeah. Some of the um, violent scenes, like, he's trying to convince, like, his son is a good person. He's raised human. So he's trying right. to protect people. And he's always thought his dad was like Clark Kent, the best guy ever. So his dad is now trying to disabuse him of this. And it's just, like, ripping oh, people up man. in front of him. And it's, I've never cringed so hard from, it from was, a cartoon. I know, a right? Cartoon. You know what scene got me? The subway scene. He's like, maybe you'll learn this time. And like, he takes him down with, and the subway car's coming. And he just holds his kid's face in front of the subway car. Oh as it through, and he just, everybody in the sub. And so he, he put him through like 150 people in like a second. And you see just the blood spatter. And you're like, oh, they get stopped. It's, blood sport, it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm glad you checked it out. But, you know, it's an all-star Watch cast. It's a- yeah, oh, I Steven thought Stephen Yoon. Yeah. From, oh my uh, God, he sounds like he's just trying to make his son, you know, psychotic. Yeah. At that point, at that point, he wants him to turn on Earth, but that's the very right. last episode. Like this is right. the last 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And J.K. Simmons is uh, great as Omni Man, and Sandra O oh plays mm-hmm. the mother, um, and just a, a few other Walking Dead stars. Our our, our guest from a while ago, Kari Payton. He plays Black Samus, so yeah, it's a great show, man. Black Samson. Yeah, in fact, uh, Invincible renewed for season two and season three. Because it's so good. We're going to get more. They're ready greenlit for three, so that's fantastic. I don't know if I could watch that. I got upset with the the baby Jedis getting killed. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't really harmed too many children, have they? Yeah, most of it's like snarky adult humor. Like, there's this one scene that, like, I fell off my chair laughing, like, one of the guys on the team is like your typical alpha male asshole. His name is Rexplode. And he's he's cheating on one of the other superheroes. But he's cheating on her with this girl named Duplicate, who basically makes multiple versions of herself. Right. And so he gets caught in the shower with like three different Threesome. duplicates. A foursome with three other duplicates. <laughs> yeah. And he comes out and he's trying to explain it. And he's like, he's like, that's not even the real her. This isn't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. That was a great scene, man. That was a great work. scene. Dicky Sims is great. He's actually got another project with Amazon opposite Sissy Spacek, and it's a sci-fi series called Light Years. And originally, Ed O'Neill was going to be in that lead role. J.K. Simmons will be replacing Ed O'Neill. Um, 
and he exited the show for personal reason and explain why but uh yeah um but yeah i mean that's just something to look forward to um all right um all over on apple tom hanks um has a science fiction film called finch uh which is formerly called title uh, bios um and apple tv had picked up the film um basically finch a man a robot and a dog form an unlikely family with tom hanks starring as a robotics engineer who has survived a cataclysmic solar event and global apocalypse inside an underground bunker and is now on a quest to ensure that his dog will be cared for after he's gone isn't that sweet <laughs> Tom Hanks, I'm assuming it also has something to do with the founding fathers and the preservers, the preservation of the Constitution of the United States. That and probably also <laughs> a little bit of a throwback to Turner and Hooch, you know. I had something. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's a little bit that. stranded because if he's the only one left in a bunker, he's all by ah, himself. Yeah. Also on Only he doesn't have Wilson anymore. He has a dog. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe he names the dog Wilson. Wilson! <laughs> that would be funny, actually. If they named the dog Wilson, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson, come back! Do they have a dog name? Yeah, I mean, I can probably... I guess... Um, If they didn't do Wilson, that's a missed opportunity. Everybody yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Wilson, come here. Good boy, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Luke Evans, the lesser-known Evans brother. <laughs> not Liam, not Chris. Um, he's got a role in Apple's thriller called Echo 3, um, the upcoming thriller series. Um, he's, in a... and he's also in Westworld as well, if, you've, uh, if you're a fan of Westworld. Westworld is so good. Yeah. I always I need to watch that. It. I haven't finished it yet, but I need to. I kind of oh, did what Ali Dash did with Wonder Woman. I watched a few episodes and I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'll come back. And then. That's, I can't believe you only watched a couple episodes and kind of come back because that well, show one grabs was, you. One had me by like the edge of my seat. Season one. Right. Season two, I got to the Shogun scene and I was like, I got to get back. And it's just, I don't know, each episode. Racist. No, no. <laughs> Not because it's so <laughs> I loved it, and I binged watch that on a New Year's it. Eve. I was house sitting, and for the whole week, and I was like, uh, I couldn't turn off the TV. I went through all. Right? So good. It was awesome. But then they had the fires in California, and the last I had heard, they had lost pretty much all their sets oh, to the fire. No. And so then I wondered. I stopped watching because I say, God, when are they ever going to get up and rolling again if they lost all their sets? And you know that was not a cheap set. They don't boku Oh, God. Anything. No, well, I mean. Same budget. They had the Wild West. They had Rome. They had, you know, Shogun all these different. Yeah. So both of you have seen season three? Because I haven't seen three. Oh, you've I think seen three? I, I, th I think I'm up to date with Westworld. I think How about you, Daz? Where, where, where did you finish? What, what last episode did you I watch? finished around the time where the lead robot uh, found out that she was real. And oh. they were corrupting her stuff. And, and um, okay, she that was, was season one. Yeah. That's season one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's a season that just, just really, like, yeah, just sucked me in. Basically, it was that good. Um, let's see. Over on Stars, um, Stephen Amell. And Hunger Games um, actor 
Alexander Ludwig will be playing Brothers in Star's upcoming wrestling drama called Heels. So it's about a small family-owned wrestling promotion. And and if you didn't know, Stephen Amell has wrestling experience. He actually wrestled for WWE at SummerSlam. So I think that's kind of cool. Many of our Below the Belt correspondents are going to be very excited about this movie. Exactly. So... And it's interesting, speaking of The Flash, they have an upcoming 150th episode. My God, 150 episodes of The Flash. I need to get Um, back to that. I've missed the last few seasons. Oh, really? Well, they're bringing back Nora, um, who plays uh, the daughter of Barry and Iris uh, from the future. Um, So she'll be brought brought in for um, some multiple episodes. Um, however, two of the original cast members, Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez, are leaving um, after the seventh season. Um, so, wow, that's seven seasons wow. of Flash. Um, of course, CW has at least up. What's that? Seven. Say, at least the last couple of seasons you haven't seen, no one's faster than him, which is nice because... One of the funniest, like, have you seen that, that show, Honest Trailers? Yes. Oh, like, yes, I love Honest Trailers. The Honest, Honest Trailers great. Flash is the single best one I've ever seen. Where he points out, <laughs> I was like, we're like, we're four seasons in, and every season somebody's way faster than I you. I remember like, watching the, that trailer. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because it was true, like, literally true. every season. Yeah. Every, every season, like, I'm the, I'm the fastest man in the world, yes. except for this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that on Australia's episode. It's good stuff. Um, let's see, Stargirl, Stargirl, um, renewed for season three on CW, as well as Kung Fu. They get they get a second season. Like ah, oh, Kung Fu. You know what show I was upset? <laughs> I was upset they took um they canceled was Glow. Did you guys ever see Glow? Yes, yes. They did it's a great show. They did not finish that. the story, Des. I Is that what it was? Too. The writers screwed up. No, because no. They, they didn't want to shoot um, because of COVID. They had close scenes where the ladies had to wrestle. And at the time, they they just couldn't, you know, shoot in a way that was safe. But now that the pandemic is hopefully towards the end, why not pick off where we, le- where we last left off and finish? Yeah, that's what story. I don't, I mean, a lot of a oh. lot of people couldn't shoot. There was a lot we, of yeah, seasons. We, we love that I agree. But it was a great Netflix, show, man. Yeah, Netflix walks away from shows real quick. That season was supposed to happen. It initially got green lit, and then they canceled it a little bit and later. That, that was a hit show. Yeah, it was a great show. It was a great show. Fantastic but, show. Yeah, I read this whole article on Netflix. It was a really good article. It was like eight pages. But their model is new show versus continuing. And if you think about it, it's real. So, like, the average Netflix show gets two seasons. If something's really good, it'll see season three, but rarely beyond that. And they're not wrong. Yeah. Well, more shows getting renewed include The Good Doctor over on ABC. Peacock is renewing The Young Rock. All right. Um, and Keenan. Both for I two- saw that last night. Oh, uh, Young. Which one? The Young, Young Rock? Rock? Yes. Great show. We had The Iron Sheik on Below the Belt Show couple weeks back so i'm still on the fence i don't know it's a fun show i love it if you're an old school wrestling fan i think you're gonna be like you're gonna really love it so if you haven't seen it definitely worth checking out um also um reboot shows include on nbc night court they're bringing back night court um mm-hmm. with john laroquette yeah but melissa rouch from 
Big Bang Theory will be um, will be uh, joining the cast. Um, so basically, um, it centers on Judge Abby Stone, who is the the daughter of Harry Stone, played by Harry Anderson. So um, I guess that's who Melissa's playing. So she's going to be like the the judge. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool tie-in because John Larroquette's re- uh, returning for that show. Um, also on NBC, the final two episodes of Saturday Night Live include Keegan Michael Key and Anya Taylor Joy as hosts, and um, Olivia Rodrigo and Lil Nas X as a musical guest. So, love, um, love Anya Taylor Joy. She was amazing in Queen's Gambit. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It's I'm in love with Keegan Michael Key. And you like my and Keegan Michael <laughs> oh, Key is thank awesome you. Uh-huh. too. Again, like a guy with range, right? Just he could do so many different things, and like he sticks yes. to comedy because he's great at it. But like he's yes. very, very effective in other acts of uh, other areas of drama. Yeah, and those are great hosts, but a lot of people are skeptical at Elon Musk hosting. Um, yeah, actually, I'm this Saturday, um, you know, apparently was not well received by some cast members. Uh, Pete Davidson loves it, but I think there's a few cast members that you know, basically, Bo and Yang said, "What the fuck does this even mean?" Um, you know, how they like let's find out how live Saturday Night Live really is. Oh, because he's not an actor and he's gonna fuck up, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, because usually they are actors or they're like professional athletes or they're musicians, you know. Um, and they're usually sometimes not the best actors, but you know, it's sketch comedy, you don't need it's different, Oscar worthy. You know, if you're the um, lead singer of a major band, you're used to performing in front of thousands of people live every night, that's different than being a CEO. This right. is a whole, and even with athletes, they treat those guys with kid gloves. Those kids are super dumbed down. They don't have a lot of lines. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> yeah, they really are. They, 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 yeah, they, they treat those, they treat those kids special. And uh, <laughs> right. I think everybody on the podcast tonight is an actor. Uh, we've all been in projects where professionals froze, where they blanked, and like maybe even for like 45 minutes couldn't get their shit together and can't remember their lines. Like. People don't realize how hard this is to do. So I don't care how many billions of dollars you have in the bank. It doesn't make you a good performer. It's certainly not a live performer. Right. right. Even even in some commercials, if they're smart enough to realize the person's, um, you know, what they can do and what they can't do. Like the funniest commercial now is watching uh, that, that player go by and go, Slapping things out of people's hands and going, no, 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 no. That's all he does. And I asked somebody, why does he only do that? And they said, because he doesn't speak English. And I was like, oh. But he's making a lot of money going, no, 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 no. Of course, Peacock, the streaming NBC, basically, has tapped Jessica Jones actress Kristen Ritter who will uh, be in an eight-episode supernatural drama called The Girl in the Woods. Okay. And actually, Kristen Ritter will be directing. Interesting. I didn't know she had directing um, skills. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool. We'll see how that goes, right? Hey, if Elon Musk can act, this girl can direct. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that's a very, very good point. Um, we got a couple more minutes before we take our classic cut break. Um, so, um, yeah, I think we can take that after this one. So, like, uh, the Billboard Music Awards um, 
will uh, be hosted by Nick Jonas on May 23rd. And Pink is set to receive the Icon Award at the 2021 Billboard Awards. And um, the Artist Award of the Year includes Drake, Juice World, Pop Smoke, Taylor Swift, and The Weeknd. So, um, anyways, I thought this would be a good time to take a classic cut break and play a classic song by the recipient of the Icon Award, and that's Pink. Um, and uh, I loved Pink's first album, which was pretty much overlooked, and I loved her second album as well. So I think I'm going to play... Um, She's amazing. Yeah. She I, yeah. Well, any particular favorite um, Pink songs that come to uh, hmm. come to mind? I like I the divorce like, songs. So many good ones. I want to do, like, old-school Pink. Yeah. Yeah, let's do old school pink. Um, Brings me back. Yeah, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> old school pink. Do you, do you know where her artist name comes from? Where does her artist name come from? I think it's I knew this, but I forgot it. It's it's dirty. So one of her childhood friends uh. growing up was African-American, and he was bitching one day about how he'd never seen a white girl naked, and he wondered if it looked different. So she shows him her package, what? and the first thing he says, mystified, is... It's pink, and that's how she took her artist name. Right? That's, that's hilarious. I, I will. I did not know out of, that. Out of out of her own mouth. Oh my god! I was and just gonna challenge you on that, but shit! If it came out of her own mouth. Nope. <laughs> call call her an ass. And Martin Lopez said, and he <laughs> it's all pink on the inside. Oh, sorry. That was her. That was so inappropriate. I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, it's pink, guys. This is don't let me. This is a great song. V. Um. Um, I think this is uh, from an album from 20 years ago. So uh, we're going to be hearing that here on BTB. And we'll be back with our special guests, uh, Sean Keneally and Eric Silvera from In Action, the um, live action hybrid animation indie film. So uh, we'll be back right after this. Classic cut. Teachers dated me. My parents hated me. Always in a fight Cause I can't do nothing right Every day I fight a war Against the mirror Yes, that was Pink, and I'm still thinking about the the origin of the Pink name. Thanks to Martin. You're very welcome. I'm glad okay. I can. I did look horizons. it up, and you are correct. I'm not. I heard like I heard out of her own mouth. I heard the woman wow. herself tell the story. That is just wild. That is thanks to you, Martin. I can never look or think about Pink the same way again. <laughs> not the person. Not the color. Not the vagina. <laughs> You, you know the artist we're talking about. You were assuming it was some sort of yeah. shy, cute story. You think it would be a little bit edgy? And, and speaking of vaginas, the filmmakers, our guests coming up, talked about something uh, interesting uh, called a fupa. Was anyone familiar with the term fupa? Uh, but, um, Not to be confused Alex, with a lupa, which is what you bring head because you know what it is. You don't like it, or shake your head because you don't know what it is. Stay classy, Shane. I don't know what it is. Okay, good. We'll save it for the interview. <laughs> Ali's too nice. Ali's too nice and sweet to know what it is. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's good. It's good to have some some uh, good moral compass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, speaking of music, did anyone catch the Vogue photos of Billie Eilish? Um, apparently, she, I don't know if this is the start of her changing her look because she's usually wearing baggy clothing, you know, um, due to, you know, the media or just in general, unrealistic unreal, expectation placed on young women for, for, for their bodies. So that's why she kind of opted to wear baggy clothes. But she wore something very sexy uh, for the cover of Vogue. Um, so definitely um, not her trademark oversized uh, clothing. Um, so form-fitting cat suits and corset-inspired looks. So you can check that out in the new Vogue. Uh, we got some celebrity gossip news. Um, speaking of um, singers like Billie Eilish, uh, we now... Um, are getting closer to solving uh, the mystery of Lady Gaga's French Bulldogs. This uh, story really breaks my heart because, the yeah, there was, well, yeah, five people were arrested, uh, taken into custody for shooting Lady Gaga's dog walker oh. and uh, stealing her French Bulldogs, which luckily um, the dogs were returned unharmed. But um, Animal lovers. Yeah. Oh, look, it is so cute. <laughs> I love so, ferrets. Know what, his, know what his name is? No. This is Falcor. Falcor, hi. Look <laughs> <laughs> at you. See little Atreyu right up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when Big Nick's on, we have the cats running around, and when Martin's on, we have the ferrets running around. So there we go. <laughs> He's so cute. Look at his little bandito mask on. Yeah. Yeah, it's baby boy. I'm so glad they caught the 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 dog snatchers and the person that yeah. shot Lady Gaga's dog walker who luckily survived, but that's just that's insane. Yeah. Isn't it that odd thing that like nobody's pro violence against humans, but we find out somebody hurts an animal like yeah. mother <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's like we know that humans mess up. Like humans do things yeah. that annoy us or they say things yeah. racist or offensive. Like, and animals lack the ability to do anything other than look adorable. So there's no yeah. ill will in there anywhere. So You're absolutely right. And there's a couple tidbits in cancer, cancel culture news. Um, right. One of my favorite shows on HBO was Entourage. And Entourage is not necessarily canceled, but HBO Max is kind of hiding the show because – a lot of new viewers may not think that the show embraces PC culture. No, it's bro um, culture. There, there's a, it's bro culture. There's a, there's some, you know, misogynist misogyny in, in the series. Um, yeah. They're all trying to bang as many chicks as possible. I don't think we need to right. candy coat what the show was. Exactly. Like, it was straight. It's, and it's this like was, a frat boy's wet dream. That's what Entourage. I mean, is. it started in 2004, and that was a different time, you know. And how my God has time evolved since 20 uh, since 2004 um you know again one of my favorite shows 96 episodes but if you type and a movie. entourage into hbo max curb your enthusiasm would pop up <laughs> so doug ellen the creator actually commented on it you know yeah that annoyed me a little bit a wave of righteous pc culture has kept the show from being more widely promoted on the network's streaming services and preventing possible, you know, uh, reunion series or, I mean, they did the one reunion movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, he resents it. 
presents it. I, I think he should because you say like what like 2004 is not that long ago. Um, but in terms of like how reactive people are and how sensitive yes. people are and how like oh, oh God, man, yeah yeah I yeah I, I I think it's out of control. Yeah, um, sometimes you'll find whenever there's a change when people are trying to right wrongs whatever the pendulum always swings way too much to the right. left or yeah. way too much to the right yeah. because wedding crashers wasn't that all about all the coochie they could get <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i love the way you said that right. like, yeah. it, it was a great yeah. it was a great film and could they, could they it was it and it was now? funny but could and, they do yeah. this film now and there was no harm in it. It, it, was, it wasn't ill-intended towards women. It wasn't meant to be badgering or misogynistic. Right. The goal was humor. But in the modern environment, Vince Vaughn and Luke Wilson would never, Owen Wilson, never work again. Right? They're like, that's it. Banned right. from Hollywood for life. How dare they? I'm okay with cancellations for, like, allegations that are true. Like, this actor from Bulletproof, he's a British actor that has a show called Bulletproof on CW streaming services, has a Apparently, 20 allegations, 20 sexual misconduct allegations against them, um, sexual harassment, wow. touch and groping, inappropriate behavior. They actually removed this entire series Agreed. off the platform. So I have zero problem with criminals being fired. I think right. we're all on board with that one. Yeah. Right. It's, talk, it's talking about like that's not yeah, can, cancel because cancel culture isn't just hypersensitive now. Right. They want to look back through the lens of history and judge all of human activity by their current right. moral standards and like yeah. as somebody with a history degree that's academically uh dubious like we're taught not to do that in class you need to understand a time period in its views and, right and exactly, look at exactly. Dynamics yeah. on that thing. but i mean look at like well, okay tropic thunder robert downey jr was in blackface for the whole yes. movie okay should he be banned from the face of the earth now because that is unthinkable but you know i'll disagree with that right because there's a difference between somebody just slapping grease on themselves or black paint like a minstrel, like from, you know, the vaudeville times yeah, or earlier. And someone with a professional, because if you're going to do that, then you got to haul Eddie Murphy in coming to America just as guilty. Playing the Jewish a, a guy. Jewish white guy, yeah. Nope, you're, you're allowed to say anything evil you want it, it about go, white people. It the, goes the, the, the other way around. does not go the same way. I think because, yeah, because, you know, because of white privilege and because of, you know, I think that's probably why Eddie didn't get any heat for that, you know, so. Uh, it was, it's, it's part of the comedy. Oh, look, we've got Sean here. I think we got our special guest, uh, Sean. Hi, Sean snuck in. We got Keneal, Keneally, is that how you pronounce your last name? That's correct. I apologize if I'm early. Sorry about no, that. No, that's great. No, you're no. perfect. And then we're going to get Eric um, joining us shortly. Yeah, we're just uh, talking. I'm here, I'm here. Hello. All right. How's it perfect. going? Let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and start the special interview, guys. All right. We're here with the filmmakers, the stars <laughs> of this great indie film called Inaction. It crosses all kinds of genres from, oh, my gosh, animation to comedy to action to just a bloodbath. <laughs> uh, uh, we have Sean Keneally and Eric Silvera joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Thanks so uh, much thanks for having for us. us. Yeah. Ooh, thanks jazz for having hands. us. hands, we're clapping for you. All right, yeah. we're throwing it up too. Nice. Great <laughs> film. Fantastic film, guys. And I, I, I love the uniqueness about, about bringing animation into your film. I, I was curious on the purpose of it. Was it because more so you wanted to be the unique live action hybrid film with some animation? Or were those scenes 
uh, just a little bit too difficult to shoot, and you wanted to kind of use animation as a way to bring that scene forward. Sean, you want to take it? You want me to take it? If you, uh, you started off, Eric, please. All right, all right, cool. Um, so yeah, we you know we made a movie. Uh, with the premise that it was a two-person action movie, and you know years ago, Sean just said, for the matter, he pitched me and said we were we were we were uh, we were writing together for a few years, and he goes. I wanted to make an action movie with two people sitting in chairs in one room for $5,000. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but <laughs> well, you, you found know, out. <laughs> you found out. I did. I did. We, 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 I guess we actually, we, we, we filmed to get producers on board. We filmed that version and it didn't really work the way we thought, but there were like moments <laughs> where it worked. And, uh, we knew, you know, eventually, you know, the, the budget grew. It was, it was, it's still, it's a tiny budget, a $30,000 budget, but, um, you know, out to, to your point, we basically were like, all right, we we, need, we want to make an action movie. We want to film it in unique ways. Um, but there's only so many times you can show people like fighting a camera or like a hand shooting someone or, <laughs> or shooting people without seeing anyone get shot. They're like, we need to have some real action. So we we're like, all right, let's figure out one to two action sequences that could break up the movie and actually make it feel right. like a true action film for the moment. So we use, you know, one as a fantasy sequence, which we got in the mind, it could be ridiculous. And then one that would be a little more quote unquote grounded, um, in the, you know, in, in, uh, as, as far as animation goes. And so it was a combination of both wanting to be unique and be like, fuck it. Okay. Oh, sorry. We no, you can so. say whatever the fuck you want. You can say You can say football all day long. Uh, we're in good company. We were talking about Fupa earlier, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, we were like, let's be unique, but also let's try and stretch the, the limits of what we can do with our budget. And we knew animation would be the way to kind of get that across. And very unique forms of animation. I mean, the styles of each segment was very unique um, with, you know, more of a color animation. Then you went for like a black and white animation style. And then you went to hand sketches, you know, <laughs> like the aha take on me look, I guess, yeah, 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 that yeah, video, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Was there a discussion we, um, about claymation at some point or did that not? We we had a moment you know, with the, in the, and towards the end of the movie, the characters, you know, they become toys. And we were like. Yes. We, we do this to stop motion animation. And the little TV, Gumby. Yeah, we, we, t- we, we thought about it. We were like, and you know, we, we, Gumby I mean, was I mean, asking like, too much money. <laughs> they, were, they were just like, hard to get, yeah. Well, like, you know whose budget you had for, you had enough for Nikolai Volkov. WWF <laughs> <laughs> superstar, WWE superstar Nikolai Volkov. You, you, you caught that, right? <laughs> I'm a wrestling like, fan, right. so uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, so you do. Yeah, well, I gra- we basically grabbed all but the toys. Like, hey, I'm, a, I'm an 80s baby, so we grabbed all the toys that I had hey. from the 80s and early 90s and yeah. put them in so like our faces are on rocky and rambo's like toy body and things like that you know yeah. um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we 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 use as much as we could um but we, we thought about that we, we were like could we do that to stop motion animation our dp was like hey man like you only have us for so many hours uh, right we're, we're like cool we'll, we'll just use our hands and play with it <laughs> yeah and also i think at that point in the movie where it's really like devolved into just kind of us playing literally we kind of just wanted to actually literally play whereas the stop animation would have almost been a little more advanced than we wanted oh, so, look at you being you know. existential yeah exactly. there you go there is a little bit of, yeah, it's mostly silly but there's a tiny tiny bit of thought tiny bit of, tiny <laughs> bit of artistic yeah. argument in there well done uh. sir <laughs> another another unique ask, aspect is the, the decision to only have two stars, two main cast members. Although you did seem to have some of your crew members um, 
were, were the kidnappers and the the knife wielders, I guess, uh, uh, in the film. What was your decision for for just making this a two man film? Sean, that's all you, brother. Well, I I think honestly, I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways. I mean, again, not to get too heady, Martin, but there's a lot of ways to interpret the movie. And I think one way that I've always taken it is like, oh, is this just something they made up and it's in their heads a little bit? And that's kind of something that, you know, it's, it's how you, you can interpret the story however you want. But that's kind of something I've always draw, drawn myself to. And I was kind of passionate about the idea of, like, were Eric and Sean making this whole thing up? And was it kind of not necessarily a dream, but like, were they just kind of imagining a character? And was the character actually there or not? So I think the idea of using characters as props was more of just kind of a way to lean on that idea. That's interesting. Actually, that's a good point. Can you go ahead and, and give us a synopsis of this for the people that are going to be listening in? You yeah, know, your characters in the story. Yeah, definitely. So in action is, you know, it's a it's a silly buddy action comedy about two estranged friends that decide to write a screenplay together, an over the top action movie. And as they're sending ideas back and forth for this crazy idea, uh, they end up getting flagged by the NSA because the NSA thinks their script is an actual terrorist plot. Uh, they get kidnapped, and as as they're kidnapped, they kind of be they kind of get involved in this like actual action plot of a movie, and they have to fight to escape. And while fighting to escape, they kind of have to overcome their um, their their rocky past as and become friends again, like and basically learn to save the world. So it's uh it's kind of a it's a it's a high concept action movie, but we kind of filmed it in this very low budget way. But there are only two people. That's but there are only two people. That's the very low budget genre. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like I mean you have you certainly have an argument for high concept because if I'm right, the title's one word, right? In action. It's uh well, it's it's like a play in that. It's yeah, because the play on words. It could be it could be in action as like we're like inactive people. That's who the characters are, but then they are in space action. So I'll tell you what. We, we 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 debated titles for a long time, and I remember we came up. We were like, "Do we go with lethal lethal writers?" So people to realize like a little jokey, or do we go with an action? My buddies were like, "I'm texting our friends and we're going, no, lethal writer sounds too jokey. Like in action is like a, a hardcore thing, and we like the idea of the playing titles." But I realize now, like when people go to look up the movie and they type in action, they get like Looney Tunes in action, or they get like action mm-hmm. movies, people standing in action. So I'm like, oh, from like a SEO standpoint, people know where the <laughs> fuck to find us. Uh, but, you know, oh, yeah, right. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm messing around. But no, we, um, we, we purposely thought about that as like, uh, you could see it as the one word or you see it as like the two words. And so either yeah. way, yeah. You know, it, 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 or acoustically, you're exactly. doing yeah. stuff. Linguistically, you're sitting on the couch. There you go. You get it. You're catching up. And and you guys have amazing chemistry. Are you guys lifelong friends? Uh, Or or at least long-term friends? We're long-term friends. We met met uh, in in grad school at an MFA program um, back in 2011. Uh, And, you know, it was a a writing program. And while everyone was, like, talking about, like, oh, like, uh, I was reading, like, Dostoevsky. And, like, oh, I, I don't think... Your story, I don't like this because you said the instead of the and, and blah, blah, blah. Then, like, at a side, we'd be, like, talking about, look at these, look at these pretentious jerk right here. And, and we'd, start, we'd start talking about action movies, you know, on our right. train ride home. Um, and over time, you know, we, we kind of bonded over that. And, and, and our lives had similar just kind of parallels. We, um, Sean was also an actor. So we, we, all, we, both, we all work full, we both work full time, but we were doing this grad program at night. Of and course. then Sean was an actor on the side, and I was doing stand-up on the side. And then nice. we were living with our girlfriends. We proposed to them like within like a couple of weeks apart, and oh, nice. we just started getting close just because of the the way our lives were kind of merging together. And 
we started writing together and we wrote some kind of bad, pretty bad things at first. And then we <laughs> wrote like a, a high concept action movie next, you know, after that, where like, it was like, it, like our ideas finally coalesced together and we, we found like a rhythm. Um, and so a lot of the time we were writing, we just, we used to sit at this kind of hipster pizza joint in Union Square in, this, in, uh, in Manhattan. And, you know, the first hour would be like us having beers and pizza and, nice. and BSing and getting to know each other and talking about our lives. And then the next hour or two would be us kind of brainstorming. Um, nice. So we became really tight friends over that. And then really when Sean pitched me this idea, we were, this was like the end of 2013, early 2014, when he pitched me it, we yeah. were like, what are we going to do next? We finally have something that we made that you know we feel good about and we're trying to get out there. And uh, you know, I said, I have an idea for a podcast. And this was like the early days of podcasting. And he was like, that's cool. He's like, I don't know how to figure that out. He's like, let's make a movie instead. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that difficult, trust me. <laughs> that is so I think, um, you know, we, we, we were t- became tight for, you know, over the years before we really filmed. Um, and, and so our friendship is genuine. And, and honestly, the character that Sean plays is like literally nothing like it. You know, we use our real names okay. in the movie. He's, yeah. that is like, he's not that dude. That's like, actually he's, my next question is yeah. uh, how, how close is. are your on-screen counterparts to yourself since you guys have the same names? Uh, your characters have the same names as your actual names. Yeah, so Sean is nothing is really nothing like that guy at all. I mean, Sean, you know, um, plays a stay-at-home dad with two kids and, a, you know, like a corporate, a wife who's like in the corporate world. But like when we made this, um, he didn't have any, he didn't have kids. I actually had, I actually was the actual dad and I actually had kids. Um, Sean works. His wife is an artist, not not like a, a corporate suit or anything like that. So, and and Sean is like not this like emasculated kind of wussy guy. Um, <laughs> I am probably closer to the ca- and Sean is an actor, so she really do that. Like I'm probably closer to the version of that movie. Like I'm I'm, I'm definitely not fully that guy, but I worked in advertising. I was uh, I was dissatisfied with my job. Um, I say insane things. Um, and I remember my, my father watched the movie and there's a scene where Sean and I have an argument and he said to me after, he goes, oh man, he goes, yeah, you're playing yourself right there. That's what you look like when you fight with people. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll read That's this. funny. So yeah. Eric, are you trying to say that you're obsessed with coochies? <laughs> you know, that old version, that version of that movie. Yes. Ago, we, we, we made this movie over six, over six years and you look it back and you go, Oh my god! Like the shit that okay. I said, you know, five, three years ago. Four years <laughs> they ago, used to be you know, okay. You used to be okay. Like yeah, I know. Cancel culture, guys. Yeah, we 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 were we were definitely worried about that. As you know, it's over time we could see. And listen, you know, we had jokes, and they were like, "Can you say, can't use the lines anymore? Can't say that kind of stuff anymore? Edit that out, cut that out." And then we were just like, you know what? This is how people speak to each other when they think they're alone, and we just kind of went with it, like. Men say, men and women. I hear my wife with her friends on those. They oh, say, so everyone true. says so idiotic things when they're alone. Are just no as bad as men. Sometimes worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bro talk. Totally. totally. That so you're showing us. You know? Allie doesn't know what FUPA is. I asked her before you guys came on. Uh, does, do one of you have the courage to tell <laughs> Allie what FUPA is? This was all you, so are you right? This was, this, was, this was all you, man. This is this is your this is your no, joke. You're right, you're right. I might have pitched you the idea, but you pitched that joke. So. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, it is the fat upper pussy area of the body, and <laughs> <laughs> really ridiculous. and 
beautiful thing. And that that's that conversation sprang out of a conversation of like men men can have it and women can have it. Everyone can have yeah. it. And it was like we called it. Everyone's gonna check tonight and go, wow, I gotta go on a diet. Here's what I'll tell you. That that's that's bringing up conversations that that we are having like honestly with with our wives years ago where I when I was so ridiculous I was when my wife was pregnant I just told you know I was I would tell I was like yeah 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 all right my wife was pregnant I was was like I would I was just you get I I found that the strangest things turn me on and it wasn't like oh boobs or butt or things like that it was just like it was just and this was that was that was like a kind of a real thing, but it was it wasn't Sean. I talked like literally I wasn't otherwise talking about it. And I was like, I was like, I'm just find a poop was like a weird thing that's turned me on. Now. And I and she was so like, and they were like, what is this? And I explained it, and and that that was the basis and <laughs> of how that uh, how that came apart. You don't need to be <laughs> very it's biological. That's not on you, man. That's totally. everybody. <laughs> You're only human, right? Right, right. And they they usually add a book of resist a good fupa. <laughs> Yeah, and a book clubs usually are, are are a good source of that. Is that true? Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it, guys. Uh, there's a lot of blood blood in this film. Tell us about the the uh, I guess the horror aspects. Some Mike Tyson ear biting. Don't want to give too much away, but yeah, there's some crazy stuff. Going on. Yeah, Movie we um with them naked, tortured in a basement. What are you gonna give away? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We, um, I mean, as, if we haven't made it apparent, it was, it was a very low budget movie, obviously. So we called right. in a lot of favors. And one of my, um, one of my really close, not even high school friends, elementary school friends that I used to make zombie with zombie movies with the kid as a kid, um, he, he's doing pretty well in the special effects world. And I remember in pre-production, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to call Jared soon. Like when we're ready and we have the script and I, we finally called him up and, um, he was like, of course I'll do your movie. Of course. And like, he came up with like his small team and. Like, like, you know, all the special effects that we could hardly afford. And he basically <laughs> really just did some favors for us. But I remember, I mean, Eric, I remember, like, I think that was one of the most fun parts of pre-production, having calls with him and him being like, how do you want the ear to look when it rips off someone's head? Like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm having these conversations. This is so fun. Because you're not on set yet, but he, he obviously has to prep his materials. Right. And, like, there's a scene where Eric, like, projectile vomits. And he's kind of mm-hmm. like, how far do you want it to go? And, like, what do you want it to look like? And, you know, just... I know I love that kind of stuff because you write the script and you have the ideas, but actually talking to a professional in that world, someone that we like were like we could we couldn't afford but was doing us a favor was so fun to have that with. What do you yeah, we go ahead. I was curious what you used for the vomit. I was about to ask. What you know, we, it's funny, we actually we did a reshoot in my basement and which we had no special effects person, it was just <laughs> Eric and um, our uh, our DP and a lighting person because we wanted to get a few shots of the vomit. Okay, some before. pickups, yeah. Yeah, we did some pickups. And, and for that, I can tell you the vomit was basically um, salsa verde. It was uh, from like a bodega and I think Gatorade mixed together. So oh, this yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I had some of that from Cinco de Mayo on my tacos. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Sorry. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I yeah, I ruined the day. <laughs> Oh, by the way, it's Drinko de Mayo. We're all we're all drinking here. If you oh. guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's ten forty five in New York. We we've had ours already. We've been, okay. we've been on it. Uh, I mean, I, I see that you love your beers in 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 the film, so that's why. <laughs> um, I love the editing. First of all, the editing is very very good. Yeah, the, all you. the cutaways are very clever. Well, yeah. they won an award for editing. Yeah, we did. Well, you so won we... an award for editing for best actors for best film. What else? 
Uh, an Audience Choice Awards. Um, nice. There you go. Awesome. The people. Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, uh, this this definitely sur- surpassed our expect you know our expectation of what we where we 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 hope this would go. No, no, I shouldn't say surpass our expectations. It's like what sure. we hoped would happen. But you know, every step of the way, we're like, so we want to get to one festival, and then it was like. And then we played our first festival, and we actually won Best Film at that, and we got to see uh, it actually in March, right before the shutdown. So it was like we played Mar- premiere March eighth, March fifteenth. Uh, Trump sat in the rose, you know, stood in the rose garden, and we're like I'm shutting everything down. And then we won Best Film that day, and we're like, oh wow, like this is this is cool. We won Best Film, and then we got into more, and it just kind of kept rolling. Yeah. And then, um, every step in the way was has been exciting, and you know, um, I, I think for us, you know, we we've, we've toiled for years we were working day jobs and working on other projects and getting rejected or having right. you know small little things but um it's been really exciting to be like the one thing that we spent you know six <laughs> years busting our asses on at night and in the middle of the day or like you know, I, I i do sales so in the middle of the day sometimes you get you get off a pitch and then you're on a phone and sean's like all right we got to call the sound designer now mark this out and you walk in your conference <laughs> room you come out and you're like all right now our editor's asking if we should do this now and you're like okay and then then your boss is like Hey, uh, can you um send this email to uh, the PayPal team and find out if they want to run uh, mobile ads for you uh, today? Yeah. Like, all right, so you're like you're constantly switching. So for us to, to yes. find success and win these awards, um, yeah, we know and be acquired and now released is it, it, super exciting. <laughs> Question for you. So on that note, you you have a lot of actors in the studio, so we're used to like the multiple attempt, you know, rejection thing. It's it's hard to get whatever. Was there any point where like after you guys had gotten a couple awards, where like part of you clicked over and like, you know, so somebody's like waitlisting you for a role instead of giving it to you. You're like, are you aware that we are winners of best film? And like, did that, did that land like, change your, your approach? Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. Uh, did, did that uh, uh, and I, no, not, not, yeah. not yet, but you know, I like to have like, uh, you know, like Michael Jordan in that, the documentary last dance, like he made up like enemies for like all the games. He's like, this guy slighted me. And then he, that's how he win the game. And even though you yeah. later on, you'd be like, Oh, he never really did that. Like, I like to make it up in my head. I'm like, like, I do it less with like, like entertainment stuff and more with like my day-to-day like business clients. I'm like, oh, you're not going to give me your business. Do you know that in like a year you're going to see me on the TV screen? You're going to be like, oh man, I should have, I should have sold them. I should have bought some of that guy's like product. That's how, that's how I do it in my head. Um, that sounds really insane, actually, when you say it out loud. Oh, no, it's totally fine. You gotta motivate through it. Yeah, it's, it's a way to keep. That's how we kind of keep ourselves motivated. But I don't. I don't think we have any sense of ego or sort of anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna we, say I framed it sort of arrogantly. What if we take arrogance off the table, put it confidence? Does it give you a little bit more confidence going to future projects, knowing that like this one that was totally your baby did well? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely. You know, Eric and Eric, you know Eric had a, a career in comedy. I did a lot of acting. We both did writing. But I, I think it's safe to say neither of us had something that really has landed. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, we both had small <laughs> things published. I mean, and, and like, and we're very proud of those smaller things that were published. But this was definitely something that we feel like we can share with the world, quote unquote. And um, cool. because of that, you know, we just finished a new feature, and I think we're definitely more excited, more confident to push it out there with this under our belt. I, I, honestly, I think it's just nice when people are like, you know, for years when you tell people oh, I'm making a movie and they go, oh, so you're making a movie or someone introduced you. <laughs> like, oh, Eric's, Eric's <laughs> making a movie with his friend. Oh, I think like, that's so cute. Nice. I think there's, there's like a feeling now where it's like or some so, or people would be like, like my one of my best friends this past week when he was like, like yeah, we started to like say we I'm a crew of guys I grew up with from the Bronx and uh, we were I was at a, um, we were getting we got together this past weekend. 
they're like, yeah, there's a point where like, is this guy really full of it or is he really doing it? And um, I think it's nice for for the people that believed in us all these years to be able to be like, we really, guys, we really did do this. Um, I think, I think that's more satisfying and that's where we feel confident as opposed to like, look at us, love us and look who we are now. We don't, I don't think we have any sense of ego or sort of um, arrogance about who we are. I think we know pretty much that we are um, just two regular dudes that have had their first project kind of land right now, but it could very much go the other way tomorrow. Yeah, but you should be proud because I mean, 18 film festivals, multiple (laughs) awards at a lot of them. That's awesome. Thank and you so much. and, Thank and you. the comedy, the um, stand-up comedy shows that the um, like they said, you guys have really good charisma with each other. I didn't know what this was about when I started watching it, but I just know when I saw two guys tied to chairs in their black underwear, I was already squirming because <laughs> all horror movies always start when you're in your underwear or in <laughs> your shower. How much more vulnerable could you be? I'm like, oh my god, now somebody's going down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still mad that Sean told me not to get in shape and then got in incredible shape for the movie. <laughs> he was like, don't get in shape. Sean got really in shape and he did it. We don't look good. And then got in shape and then went to California and got tanned like right before the underwear shoots. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, He's Bio betrayal. Betrayal. Uh, we, we did a screening. Uh, we were doing test screenings to figure out what was working or not. And at the end, well, when we, let's, we were asking these questions and I guess one of Sean's wife's friends was just like, like Sean, you know, you, Sean, you um, you looked really good. Did you, you you got in shape for this movie? Because you just looked really, really good. I I just thought you looked fantastic in your underwear. And and it's so like, is, is there a question with that or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Storyline wise, you did look good. The boy, the man, wise, why fantastic. were you why why were you guys stripped to your to your briefs? That was um when we were writing the script. We were, I, I I just I think we were kind of a thing about like, all right, if, if the NSA is going to capture a bunch of people and just, you know, they, and they, and, and they're under some of their terrorists, like they're not just, I think they're just going to do like a torture style way. And so we're like the most kind of like, kind of to your point, the most ridiculous ways to make them look vulnerable is to put them in their underwear and tie them up and, and, and even be like that. And so that's how we, okay. we played it. We didn't, we weren't thinking at the time, well, we were thinking we would play the roles, but we didn't actually know if we'd actually ever make it. Um, and then we did, and then we had to commit to the underwear, and so we did. Yeah, yeah there, there was also, that moment before filming those scenes, though, where we were like, are we really going to do this? Because we filmed a lot of the movie before the underwear scene, so we could have we could have changed our minds, come to that shoot, but then we were like, well, let's just go for it. <laughs> so, but it was definitely kind of like, are we going to really do this? Because we're going to be in this, gonna be like 45 yeah. minutes of the movie, but we committed, so. <laughs> did you guys shoot this during the pandemic or prior to that? No, no, we shot. I mean, honestly, to be honest, we shot this. This how this is how long we were at. We shot the movie over in 2017. Oh, because, I see. because we worked full time, we you know post production took us. It took us a couple of years for the animation, okay. and then um, yeah, you know, we, basically, we basically we basically yeah. edited on weekends. We would take we would tell our bosses that we were working from home, and then we would go to our editor's uh, house and work in his office and. And during the day and, and just do that and um yeah, sick like we day, just right? over sessions. You know, we, we got to we like you know we like ran and then like i think i had a second kid in the middle of it my wife i was great my wife almost died in the middle of like this was so much stuff happened sean had his first kid in the middle like we just took breaks as like life kind of formed around us and because we were working full time it wasn't like we could just i anyway if you if you put the amount the like time in the years, we probably got it done over like two years, like a normal shoot. But like when you stretch it out to the rest of life, 
it's um it became a six year six year process. <laughs> wow, a six year film in the making. I like yeah. it. But I saw at the end of the credits that you're already planning in action two full meta jacket. Was that a joke or is that legit? Full meta jacket. I love it. Uh, it's it was mostly a joke, but I definitely I remember I got a little high one night and talked to Eric. Yeah. I was like, I have a plot for this, <laughs> and I pitched it to him, and he was like, All right, yeah, I can probably do that. So well, we have other things in the pipeline, but there's uh yeah, there's definitely a seed in my brain that I would love to shoot for the sequel if, if the world aligned. <laughs> There you go. Wow, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. So tell us tell us where we can see your film. Uh, well, we right now, it? Uh, it was being released. Well, we've already seen it. Myself oh, yeah. and Daz watch it, but <laughs> where can our audience see it? <laughs> yeah, right now you can pre-order it on iTunes, uh, but come May 11th, it'll be available on major streaming platforms, like most VOD platforms, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah, Amazon, Google Play, uh, you know, well, like you said, the major streaming platforms. And then I think if you don't have, if you don't use those and you use cable, then all the major cable VOD platforms as well. That is fantastic. Wow, you're really getting your film out there. And, and Gravitas, they're, they're a very big uh, distribution company, right? Yeah, yeah, we were, we were, we were very excited about that. We knew um, as a tiny film, we were like, all right, like, 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 let's, let's hope for the best. And that was, um, that, that was uh we were we were pumped when when they accepted it, when we found out they made an offer it was like Sean told me he's like he's like all right we're, we we to be very honest we um our original poster was us tied in underwear and like tied up in our in our chairs and underwear and it just said in action and our you know um the the sales agent who picked us up out of a festival went to market with that he's like I don't think it's the best poster he's like but I'll go to market with it and like everybody rejected the movie they saw the, <laughs> I think they saw the poster like, oh, no. and we, all the rejections you know, came two in. months ago by and we're like what happened he's like, he's like oh he's like yeah he's like he's like he's like the big love layers rejected he goes he goes even the small tiny guys that I never that take everything that I send he goes they rejected yeah. he goes you look he did like that. Two... he was like they take everything usually they don't want your oh. I'm like oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay. <laughs> He was like, he's like, you know, uh, I think you should redo the poster. He's like, you guys look like two Eastern European dudes, like in a hostel chamber, getting about to get tortured. He goes, it's not a great poster. And we we're like, oh, all right, man. We like, you know, you could have told us that two months ago. We would have figured this out. Um, but when we redid the poster, people then watched the movie, and then we had several offers. And when we saw Gravitas, we were we were so pumped and excited because um, that's who we were hoping would pick us up. Yeah, that is fantastic, man. Wow, in action. Um, Awesome, awesome guys. So tell us where we can see you guys next, Eric. I know you do stand up. Sean, I saw your IMDb. You got some acting projects. Any other projects you guys are uh, promoting or going to be working you know, on? Right now, we are. Um, we, we, you know, as Sean mentioned, we finished um, uh, our. Uh, we have a couple scripts that we we finished, but the one that we're excited about that we're having conversations with um, with people on right now is um, a horror comedy about um, called Reject about a director of a horror, a former or like a washed up um, film director who also runs a horror festival that rejects an amateur filmmaker who then terrorizes him and his um, his team uh, that runs the festival. And so we are having um, <laughs> conversations about that right now. Uh, and I we're hoping it. to make that our next project. And then like, you know, if you ever see us on social media, um, this like, kid content is weird, like, weird jokes on there like you know the, we uh we keep active on that here and there um but you know honestly we, we still work our we're still working our day jobs too you know to pay the bills and yeah. so gotta we pay the bills. Plus, um, you guys are in manhattan you got it yeah you got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
<laughs> so sure. um we uh you know we um we, we, we keep missing Manhattan. with that too you know <laughs> yeah no doubt of course you have an official website inactionmovie.com for more information um yeah man this is a fantastic <laughs> film a unique film and and something to to bring smiles to our faces during the you know uh, otherwise uh pandemic crazy filled year so it was kind of nice to put some smiles on our faces sean and eric it was awesome that's great talking thank to you, you guys for, thank you for all taking the time to watch it yeah thank, thank you. you for for having us on we're you know it was a fun and honored to be on the show. yeah it was very funny very thank funny. you very much before we let you go if you could do a promo um in tandem let us know who you are um from your film in action and uh, let us know you're on Below the Belt show. You can throw out a catchphrase, maybe throw in FUPA, if you want or don't want to say. <laughs> or something funny, because we're called Below the Belt show, and FUPA is above the belt. But anyways, you can get, <laughs> you can get creative with that. But anyway. Boo. Boo. <laughs> oh, no, so, whatever you guys are ready. Sure. Uh, my name is Sean Keneally. Uh, sorry. My name is Sean Keneally, one of the writers and directors and stars of In Action. And thank you so much for having us on Below the Belt. Uh, my name is Eric Silvera. I am also one of the writers, directors, and stars of the feature film in action. I am pumped to be on Below the Belt. And if you like action movies and you like things below and above the belt, check out in action because we talk all about foobas and we're in our underwear for like <laughs> 25 minutes. Yeah! Yeah. There we go. All done. That's awesome. That's why I let Eric finish. He's the he's the he's the good one there. I love yeah. that. That's why I'm in sales. All right, we're gonna do a smiling snapshot on the count of three, and a one, two, and three. Good. Oh, good he's one. got his Martin's got his ferret. Oh, you got a ferret. Look at that. It's so cute. Put him in your yeah, next another, film. another co-host next joining film. us. Be in the sequel. Yeah, there Derek. you go. Some ideas for the sequel. <laughs> nice Sean one. and Eric, thank you so much for being on BTB. Again, um, a very unique and funny film in action. Uh, VOD everywhere. Thanks so much. Congratulations, Take care, everyone. guys. Thanks thank so much. Bye-bye. Those guys are a lot of fun. <laughs> I can't believe oh, I got that to say foop. <laughs> It was a new word. It's way easier to do interviews when you have performers. And Allie, are your stuff. ears burning now that you know what FUPA is? No. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone's always like. <laughs> Looks like Eric is frozen as he uh, is, is leaving. But uh, he's he's just listening to see if you talk trash on the way out. My eyes are scarred now because. I can't look at pink in the same way anymore. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> well, we're we are cl close to wrapping up soon, guys. Um, this is a shocking celebrity uh, split. Bill and Melinda Gates. Right. Then, then again, Jeff Bezos and his wife split, and they're it's both in the billionaires club. That's not the same thing, though. Like, Jeff yeah. Bezos and his wife, one, haven't been married quite as long. Bill and Melinda are, like, what, 27 years of marriage? Seven or? years, yeah. Okay. Oh. And... They started a global uh, uh, philanthropic foundation yes, together. Foundation. And his wife do not work with each other on something of this global category. I mean, the yeah. net assets of the just the foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, is fifty billion. Just the foundation, not their net right. worth. So they don't just—they're not married. They work together. They travel together. They operate assets together. 
I'm not sure there's another married couple like that. It's usually one person that's dominant and successful yeah. and their very supportive partner, but not people that are both working invested as much as Bill and Melinda. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't the case with Jeff Bezos and his wife. She was she was very, very much not involved at all with with the Amazon dealings, I they, guess. <laughs> but but uh, very interesting to, to, to note that. Um, uh, yeah, and then I think we mentioned like J Lo and um, A Rod splitting, but now J Lo and Ben Affleck have been seen um, again hanging out together. They're gonna get reengaged. Yeah, I wonder. Which is funny because he, that means he'll go from being fiance number three to fiance number seven. Yeah. How many times is this yeah, going to Yeah, I mean, it's so Seriously. bizarre. Can't she, like, I mean, she's so one of weird. these women that goes right on to the next guy. There's no, like, little he's vacation engaged. time There's in so between. Yeah. yeah. There's fiance to fiance to husband to fiance to husband to fiance. And I'm sorry, like, we're on seven now. Nothing against J-Lo as a person. But the next time she says one and only forever, I'm not going to buy it. No. <laughs> she must have a whole closet full of wedding dresses. Right? Uh, Right? Well, maybe eight times a charm for her, but we'll see. But, kind of, but you know, a reunion with Ben is kind of cool. They were together for quite some time, you know. Not too long, I think for like a couple yeah, of years or whatever. Yeah, they were engaged for two years. They were benefiting. Right. Remember that stupid shit? I yeah, feel like they already yeah. started the couple names. Oh, yeah. Benefer was the first couple mm-hmm. names? Uh, I don't know if it was the first, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like they might there. have started it was freaking stupid. the big trend. Oh, okay. All right. And then we always end with some sad rest in pieces. Um, Olivia Dukakis, she's a veteran actress who was in Moonstruck, Steel Magnolias, had sadly passed away at the age of 89. Um, Yeah, she certainly accomplished a lot in her career. Also, Nathan Jung, the actor who appeared in Star Trek, the original series, The A-Team, and Kung Fu had sadly passed away at the age of 74. No cause of death has been disclosed. Um, Ann Douglas, the <laughs> wife of Kirk Douglas, at the age of 102, had sadly oh, passed away. Oh, God bless her. 102. Wow. And wow. Kirk, Kirk died at the age of 103 last year. Yeah, he's fucking Spartacus. Yeah, Spartacus, yeah. And George Jung, the cocaine smuggler portrayed by Johnny Depp in the movie Blow, died at the age of 78. I don't think he was in the midst of uh, partaking in in said drug blow at the time of his know, death. Though. But, uh, yeah, the cause of death is unknown. He recently experienced liver and kidney failure. So, rest in peace, George Jung. Um, but, yeah, Johnny Depp, one of his finest performances in this Blow movie. Fantastic film. And with death, we celebrate life for those that made it above ground for another year, include actor Lance Hendrickson. Happy birthday, Lance. He's 81. John Reese davies from Lord of the Rings, 77. Wow, uh, really? Oh, wow. Right? 77. 77, John Reese davies Richard Grant, 64. He is a great actor. He made an appearance in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, he was great in that. Um, Daniel Fischel from Boy Meets World is 40. Superman himself, Henry Cavill, is 38. Adele, singer extraordinaire, is 33. And that son of a bitch, Chris Brown, is 32. I don't know I'm reading his name. Anyways, <laughs> that's birthdays today. And that uh, concludes tonight's uh, BTV.
Blow the Belt Show. This is uh, a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. We'd like to thank, of course, our special guests, Sean Keneally and Eric Silvera. Great, funny, entertaining interview. Check out In Action on all video on-demand platforms. Funny, weird, unique film. Live action, animation, hand sketches, and toys. That are not, toys. That are not in Desiree and Allie's closet. Though. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Desiree. We'd like to thank, of course, our amazing panel. Starting with, that's right, the once and future king. The <laughs> one true knight and the last Numenorian, Martin Lopez. Pleasure as always. Yes. Only actual Mexican on the show tonight. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo, Drinco de Mayo, Feliz Cinco de Mayo for everybody. I'd like to thank, of course, uh, that's right, representing Puerto Rico, Miss Desiree Velez, Boricua in the house. Desi, we need a nickname for you for the next time. Everyone has like this uh, cool nickname. Uh, Maybe something Boricua or something. I don't know. We could think of something. And next time you're on, we'll we'll, we'll throw out the nickname. Okay. And Desiree, we can catch you. Um, some of your um most um amazing work was uh the movie Super Mario Brothers. Desiree oh my is gosh. a star. There's other stuff. Just I go know. to my website or IMBD. <laughs> yeah, but you've had some great, amazing roles, Des. That's yeah, but uh, it's so funny. Every, everybody always brings up Super Mario Brothers. You know, it's I like know. everyone loved that movie. We don't, we don't have to date you with that. Let's say you could have been a baby in Super Mario Brothers. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it's it's like that's like your one. You're, it's just like well, Kirk Douglas, Spartacus. Right, you know how many right. times he must have been sick of hearing that shit every yeah. time he stepped like You're defined by Mario Brothers. Oh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like Kevin Yoon, The Walking Dead. Like, I'm an Oscar-nominated actor for Minari, not just Walking Dead. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> what is the show you did with Blair Underwood? Um, that was Asunder. That was a film. Um... Fantastic role. Des- Desiree does a great job. It was a great role, but the film, I felt kind of stole bits of all other horror films and just put them into one film. Okay. I feel like they, they, I mean, that's a very, that genre borrows from each other quite a bit. Yes, it did. It did. But I mean, for Blair, it was great because he wanted to try and break the image of him as being the good boy or the lawyer or the this or that. So he was dying to play an evil character. All so right. So that got him his wish. And Desiree, you have a website uh, with uh, some of your footage, right? Yeah. Official website is www.desireemarievelez.com and that's Marie, M-A-R-I-E. All right. Allie Das, do you have a website? I don't. But you have you have social media to promote. Do you have a public social media for your fans? I did, but I haven't posted to it in like a okay. couple of years. I've been slacking. Don't worry about it. Social media is empty, Allie. Okay. <laughs> Martin, <laughs> empty Martin. and vapid. <laughs> Martin Lopez, do you have a public social media? Or you I do, but yeah, no, I, I, I recently I, ha- I had to go. Pri- I lost a bet with my agent, and I had to make everything private. So now it's business only. My Instagram is Martin Lopez underscore actor. Nice. So you never mistake my profession. All right. Of so course, you no know, question. 
And of course, you know where to reach below the belt, below the belt show.com, soundcloud.com slash below the belt show, uh, facebook.com slash below the belt show, twitter.com slash below the belt. We are on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts. The list goes on and on, guys. We are everywhere, guys. Um, thank you so much, panel, for joining us on this Drinko de Mayo. The bourbon's certainly kicking in for me. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to stop saying it. <laughs> stop. This is cancel culture. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> we don't want us to get canceled. It sounds too much like Lufa. <laughs> and I bathe with that. Oh, Lufa and Lupa? Yeah. <laughs> so two things you're going to think about after listening to the show. Pink. Fupa and pink. <laughs> pink and rubbing poop all over yourself. <laughs> All right, guys, on behalf of Ali, Desiree, Martin Lopez, I'm Al Celebrity Soto, guys, your host of the most. We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Oh, wait, we have to end with a special interview that myself and Desiree um, conducted with Cerebrum. This is a uh, sci-fi family drama film. Um, Desiree and I interviewed R.V. Raghu, Siraj Narsi, and actor Christian James. This is a great interview, Des. Um, this is with our sister show, sister show, Click On This, which you can check out on clickonthis.tv. Um, produced by it was the a fabulous film. script. That's what and, really made it. Great and, idea. And the film itself was great. Yeah, it's almost like Altered Carbon where you can store your mind digitally and 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 uh, insert it into other hosts. Um, but this this is a more unique approach because I think it was also timed um, because you it was um, activated by a wristwatch. Um, but yeah, very very cool film to talk about uh, that we're going to close tonight's program with um, myself and Desi um, as part of Click on this show interview the the team the creative team behind Cerebrum and you can check that film also on video on demand as well. All right. So on behalf of everybody in the room, we'll see you guys next week. So here's Cerebrum's interview and we'll see you then. Peace. Have a good night, everybody. Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Drinco de Mayo. Drinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, Al Soto, along with my co-host, the wonderful. Desi Velez. Welcome to Click On This. Yes, we're here with the team behind Cerebrum, which is an amazing film. Let's go ahead and introduce the room, the virtual room, if we, if you will. If you could introduce yourself and your role in the film, please. Let's start, oh. with, Let's start with Christian. Hey, Christian, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I You're the star, man. Come on. Uh, my name is Christian James. I play Tom Davis in the film. Great. We're also joined by the minds behind this great film. Please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm R.B. Raghu, writer, director, and co-producer. Hi, uh, this is Siraj Narsi. I'm uh, one of the producers for the movie. Excellent. Well, first, guys, I'd like to say that I was just completely entranced by this. The quality of the script, the story, the acting, the cinematography, the virtual effects. But my question for you is, because I think part of the reason my attachment to this as well is my father 
contracted early onset Alzheimer's in his 50s. And this story is about, you know, a character that is trying to find a way to remedy that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just wondering how you came about this concept to get this story. Is it just because of things you've been researching that they're actually, you know, tapping into? Or do you have a personal background to this? Um, okay, so so it started with the more on the science aspect of it, right? So it's it's more on looking at the current digital trend of how people are, you know, having everything online, like you know, all of your uh, your photos, your um, bank accounts, your learning, everything that you do is online these days. So there is a digital footprint to that. So the idea came mainly from that, as in, like you know, can we create a digital version of ourselves based on all our activities and our behaviors. Uh, so that's where it started out with. But the, the question was not to make it, uh, you know, a science fiction film just for the science of it, right? Just saying like, oh, this is cool. You can back up your memory, go throw it out there. A bunch of people just like, you know, just jumping around doing whatever they are doing. That was not the interest or, or the story that I wanted to tell. I, I really wanted to tell like, how is it going to affect a family? How is it going to affect a person if this comes out? And to that effect, we wanted a root cause of like, you know, if this person has to research is what is going to push them to a point of making this research. He's not going to wake up one day and say like, hmm, it looks like memory research is a good subject to take. I'm going to start researching it no matter what. The guy had to have some kind of drive towards it. So that's when I started researching, like, you know, what are the possibilities? And I did um, you know, came across this early onset of Alzheimer's. Before that, I did not know. I thought you got to be like really, really old. But during the research of it, I figured out like there is a possibility of early onset. And that kind of like, you know, triggered the whole idea of like, okay, that is possible. You know, if that happens, how can that rip apart a family and how can the family come together at the end of it? All right. I saw some influences with the show Altered Carbon. Has anyone in the room seen Altered Carbon where it's pretty much you're um, putting a digital um, brain into a new host? And I, I saw some of the similarities. Uh, can you talk to us about your science fiction influences in this type of technology? Uh yeah, so 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 truth be told, we started already shooting by the time Altered Carbon came out. So there was okay. there was nothing there. The only thing that kind of like uh, clashed with Altered Carbon was when I was creating posters later on. We created something that looked like what they put out for Altered Carbon. We said like, oh, maybe we need to stay away from that, right? But other than that, the influences were just just different ones. The concept was something that like you know. Uh, I brainstormed and worked with my, you know, uh, my friends and my, especially my wife and figuring things out and, and what needs to happen. Uh, but the movie influences for Cerebrum would be uh, Ex Machina, you know, yes. just for the fact that the, the whole story just happens within like three characters, figuring this research and things going wrong and all that. A phenomenal movie, by the way. It um, is. Absolutely. Yes, love it. Uh, it, it was ex machina and then uh, also a lot of influence for me personally came from uh, uh, of all places girl with the dragon tattoo uh, it's it's one of those movies where yes. you feel you are part of the character you feel you are in the movie uh, you feel the coldness the chilly weather and whatnot you just feel it right so th those two were the biggest influence for me while while writing cerebrum well i will tell you what i found fascinating about this and First of all, is this your premiere? 
Yes, we 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 well we had a festival premiere with World Fest on um, two weeks ago, but there was just like seven people because of COVID. Like you know, they said like it's film festival, but they couldn't put out. Oh, but tomorrow is the is the U.S. national wide release, and it's yes, you guys are going to do phenomenal because I tell you, what's what fascinating about this when you said how this affects a family. Um, I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but Christian's character as the son, and then you had the, the other actor, what was the na- his name that played the James father? James Russo was... Uh... He, he was outstanding. But what was... I don't want to give it away, but, you know, in, in the plot, um, there was a way to save memories. And it was amazing watching Christian become himself and then his father mannerisms and personality and everything and the southern uh, accent too oh yeah and i mean (laughs) i i thought he was great but you know i wondered man if this really happened it Mm -hmm. would it would be an amazing thing an amazing thing but then i thought if it did happen it could be very controversial because now you're getting into the soul versus not a soul (laughs) but uh can you tell me how you went about finding christian and the other actors for your film because the casting was phenomenal yeah um so so initially when uh, i i did go to fly out to uh, la to do the casting right we, we did some auditions and all that and we, we came across about 25 different people who wanted to play tom and like at least like 20 20 girls who wanted to play chloe and it did not fit we we you know they were close but not not there exactly what we were looking for and mm-hmm. our other producers andy and jill they live in la so they contacted they were like, you know, trying to contact all the different agencies and they came across Christian's agent. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful, like, how don't know, I don't know how it happened. They came across Christian's agent and they came around and said like, hey, Christian is just coming out of a movie. You need to check him out, sent us, you know, reels and whatnot. Um, and then obviously like they also sent uh, Alexis. And, um, you know, uh, with Christian, I was, my, my thought for the character was supposed to be like, much more like you know thin built meek and whatnot then when i saw christian like man this guy looks like a football player i don't know what he can do then i said okay let's do a table read and he came into the table read so prepared for this character and, and i saw it like it took me like maybe two minutes to you know go through then i said okay this is the guy uh, he got it right he, he for the table read he had the essence of what was going to be required of his you know character that he needs to like play you know, multiple, very, like, you know, uh, without giving too much away, like, he has to give, like, so much variation in his acting, and he was able to prove that within the first two minutes, and I said, like, okay, he's... How was that process, though, Christian, for you? Because did you have Mr. Russo there? I wondered about this. Was he there for when you did the scenes to mimic off of, or did you just study him for a while and then took over? Uh, (laughs) Well, to be honest, uh, uh, James uh, was on set maybe four days total out of the 21 that we filmed. Um, so a lot of the scenes where um, I need to take over his mannerisms and all that. Mannerisms were just watching closely uh, when the days that I did have him. And then uh, voice matching was a lot of I would get headset, I would get a headset and I'd be like, hey, can I get some playback? And they would just play some audio recording that they had from a a scene that they shot the next, the day before and I would match. Wow. That is fantastic, Christian. Thank you. Tell tell us about um like going into the table reason the first uh 
pre-production phase uh, before you started shooting? How did that go? Uh, man, it was a, uh, it was, it was a, it was a whirlwind. Um, there wasn't a lot of time to prepare because we, uh, I, I got brought on, uh, and then three days after we had the table read, we started shooting. So it was uh, a very, I got the phone call. I got the contract. I said, Hey, here's a, you got a table read tomorrow. Um, go <laughs> and, uh, went and, um, yeah, we, we ran through it. It was a great time. And then I, I believe like two days later we uh we all headed out to uh the desert and uh started filming yeah so army you're keeping everybody on their toes talk about <laughs> pressure yes i i, I operate on the <laughs> on the edge <laughs> <laughs> i've seen two different uh, ranch locations uh, that i saw in the credits the klotz ranch and the flip-flop ranch um somewhere in california is that yeah. the, the the majority of the shooting was at those two ranches yes Yes, that is correct. Awesome. awesome. How's that experience just using that facility? Um, yeah, just to give you a story on that, I mean, obviously the story takes place in, in, in Texas and we wanted to shoot this in Texas, but once the casting and the crew are put together, mm -hmm. you realize like, you know, 85, 90% of them are coming from California and like only like me, my AD, a couple of people from here. Right. So there was no reason to try and like bring everybody here and try, try to shoot it in, in Texas. And we, we found a place, yeah, we found a place east of LA that just looks like West Texas. We said, okay, let's, let's go yeah. do it. Um, it. It was, it was a great experience. I mean, other than the fact that it was uh, California desert winter weather, nobody knows that everybody thinks California is always sunny, but once you cross the mountains and head east, uh, true. cold it's um you know we, we would get cold like 32 degrees 30 degrees and sometimes christian has to wear his like you know half sleeves because it's supposed to be texas summer so christian isn't like you know his half sleeves all the time and inside the barn we were shooting and there is no no heater or air conditioning so pretty much they just out like you know act like it's hot summer and act it out and then just like you know during in between take come and stand by the you know uh, the heater and warm up their fingers and toes you know i'm sure they were freezing freezing their fingers and toes out but the actors just you know made it look like they were in like a very controlled studio environment which they were not wow can i talk about the technology in the film and uh, what you did for the software, because I, I immediately thought Westworld, which is another somewhat similar uh, type of genre to, to your film. Um, just the 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 upload screen, the 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 download screen of of of, of downloading the the digital brain and all that stuff. Tell us about the technology and the graphics behind it. Oh, they were outstanding. It just yeah. looks so real. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we worked with a, a graphic studio based out in uh, uh, in Florida. Uh, they're like just uh, uh, two two brothers run that run that outfit. So before shoot, it was supposed to be all practical. We were we were gonna throw it on the laptop screen and shoot it, so we don't have to do a post and all that. But we couldn't get all the graphic elements on time before we started shooting. So we just like did like a green screen, and the actors did a good job of obviously miming you know reacting to the green screen uh, and then we went when we went into post-production the, the vfx team came in uh, they, they built a vfx ground up right like all the elements was well thought out was not just like thrown out just to make it look cool uh, each each of the items within the graphical elements had to have a meaning for what it is like you know is it a blood pressure is it like a heart monitor is it like is you know pulse or like is it you know measuring his brain waves whatever it is so but there was a lot of thought put in place for that 
Was that done by your cinematographer or an art director or? Who? No, it was, uh, I, I worked with my VFX team after, during yeah. the post. And I, want, I don't want to mispronounce your name. Uh, is it Sirja Narsi? Siraj. Siraj, yes. Yes, it is right now. How Siraj. did you come in all this? How did you and RV meet? And, and how did you get the, I mean, what a fabulous crew. I mean, the sound, the, the music, the sound effects, the visual effects, the cinematography, it's, it's just, it's like a perfect dance. I met Arvi at a local uh, film meet here in Houston. Um, and it was, uh, Arvi had been to, to those meets before, but for me, that was a really first time. Uh, I'd, I'd just been thinking about getting into uh, you know film production, making a short film or something. I really didn't have any clear ideas, just, uh, just a desire to do something in the film world. And I meet RV and we you know, start talking and he talks about his, his story, his script, and I really liked it. And uh, that's how I, uh, I thought, you know, this is, this is something that I want to get involved in because the story was exciting. RV had a vision behind it um that i thought that you know we could we could uh, uh implement together uh, the story it's not only just science fiction but there is a very warm human element to it and that appealed to me more honestly really than 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 the science fiction side of it and even the science fiction is really um how do i say this it's um it's very, in its form, it's kind of primitive. You know, it's not really that very hi-fi type. You know, the, the whole story is set in a in a barn. It has a very rustic feel, uh, things like that. So there were there were a lot of these uh, aspects about the story, about the film that that appealed to me. Uh, Arvi and I clicked. We had an excellent chemistry, and that's how we, we became a good team. Uh, as far as the technical side of it, is the crew, the music. Arvi is the captain, and, and he took the major load off it. We all supported him uh, to the best uh, extent that we could. But if if the movie is good and if all those aspects are good, the credit goes to Arvi. Right. Well, I think it's a collaborative thing, but you, you, you hit on it. It's a sci-fi movie, but it's this... Uh, really a love story between the father and son yeah nice family and, dynamic. and how they they resolve the differences in this and 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 come together and i can't say how because that would be a spoiler alert oh people you gotta watch this movie um <laughs> it, it's it, it it did make me kind of misty a couple of times you know mm -hmm. uh but but it's beautiful and having gone through this with my father i do remember a point um, I, well, in this film, the father tries to protect the son from certain things. And um, I do remember telling my brother about my dad and there was kind of a disbelief until he actually came over my stepsister's house and my dad came around the corner and he said, hey, dad. And my dad say, said, oh, hey, Chente. And Chente is actually the name of his brother. He didn't recognize my brother. He saw my brother as a younger version of his brother. Mm -hmm. And I saw my brother just a range of emotions and just shock and, and shut mm -hmm. down and almost became resentful 
about something my dad can control. So what's great about this sci-fi, it's dealing with a present issue. It's not too far in advance that it actually seems like it could happen. Yeah. And I it's think that's believable. part of the lore. Yeah. How the sci-fi close... aspect of it is believable, given the technology yeah. environment that we, we live in. It's not something far-fetched, you know. Is it something so, you think uh, we can see in our lifetime? Uh, oh, the, uh, maybe the way yeah the way well, technology okay. is going. Who knows? If you, if you look at the news, right, like uh, the yeah. you know, Neuralink is doing it, right? Like the yeah. monkey sitting in front of a video game, taking the monkey's brain activity, converting them to a digital signal uncontrolling your video game. So they basically right. take the brainwave, converting it into digital signals. If you can convert something into digital signal, you can record it, right? So, okay, now you recorded it. Can you reverse engineer and convert a digital signal and convert it into brainwaves? Absolutely, you can, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's possible. It's just not there. It, and I'm, I'm sure like we will see maybe not to what we show in the movie to that extent, but to certain extent, it is possible. Okay. Can I ask a, a fun theoret theoretical question? If this technology did exist today, whose um, digital brain would you like to temporarily have inside your brain and live a life? Maybe temporarily. Who would you choose and why? Uh, I, I, oh, wow. That's nobody has asked me that. Good question. <laughs> I mean, would it be who do I want to upload to my body or who yeah. would I want to upload to? <laughs> So then I can live it through their perspectives. Yes, I think we can go both ways on that, Christian. Do you have a good answer for that one? <laughs> it's one of those on, on the spot type questions. No, no, it's it's maybe it's, it's one of the brains that you want to you kind of want to know more about. You know, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yes, okay. good that answer. Goes to that man's mind. Definitely. That's brilliant. That is Definitely. brilliant. If I, you know, yeah. if I upload him and I can retain some of that. But, you know, all jokes aside, Elena and I were talking about this, you know, without giving away our, our age. Shut up, Al. <laughs> when you think of the cartoon George Jetson and how you used to see people, now we have hoverboards like George Jetson did. We've got robots like they did, you know, and they're working on cars that drive themselves. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that you see in sci-fi movies and cartoons that actually have come into fruition later. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Yeah. Arvi and Siraj though, do you, do you have a, a particular brain that you wouldn't mind? Uh... <laughs> right. I would say I'm very comfortable in my skin, so <laughs> I would be me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It could be temporary. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I might go with the same same answer as um, Christian. Elon okay. Musk in our current day and age is kind of the one of those minds that are just really trying to push the boundary Ooh. on things. Yeah, so. I think Elon Musk needs to see this film, actually. <laughs> Hey, let's shout out to Elon Musk there. I think he needs to, he, he'll probably develop it within a year. <laughs> Technology. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. That would be crazy. Wow. That is amazing. Have you, have you thought? I mean, I, I know we're thinking ahead, but a sequel. I mean, this is a kind of a brilliant uh, genre that we're dealing with here. Have, have you thought um, about a sequel? I, I, absolutely. There, there, there is definitely thought for a sequel slash prequel, right? 
nice. There's there's so much for Cerebrum that we couldn't get out in a in the two hour movie. There was like so many layers of like why uh, you know uh, Christian's character did what he did, or like you know Kirk did what he did, or like Bruno. Like every single person within that movie had like a different way of a uh, uh, different approach, and every single image that you would see in. Um, Christian slash Tom's uh, dreams and all that, like every single one of those images, even though they go by like in half a second, they had a meaning to the backstory of it. There's there's a lot of layers that was left out from Cerebrum that we would like to explore. And especially one of the main things is the character Rocky, although he kind of comes across as a, a bad character in this movie, mm-hmm. he has a different motive for why he needs this technology. His motive is exactly out of your question to answer your question. He wants to back up and restore memory of people uh, uh, with brilliant minds like Elon Musk. And like, you know, his his whole question is like, have we had this technology and backed up Einstein's brain? What can we do right now? We could be like yeah. exploring the universe like no tomorrow. Like we could be doing so many things. So he is dead set on doing that. He's not interested in curing Alzheimer's or whatnot. He's like back up brilliant people. Like, you know, let, in 20, 50 years, let every single person in the in this world will have like a beautiful brain to back up or like load and like do this research. So that's his quest. So uh, long story short, yes, there is so much to be told within Cerebrum universe and we would like to push forward and make a sequel if it happens. Have you ever thought about maybe turning this into an episodic? Because I could see it working as a weekly episode as well. There's so many different other there's always bad guys. And whenever there's someone that creates something with the best of intentions like this, there's always somebody coming out that wants to steal it or use it for bad. And I could really see a lot of characters, um, you know, in, in an episode. Um, yeah, the, my, my, my first initial draft, uh, which I didn't put in the paper, what, had like a lot of characters, a lot of like, you know, sub, sub stories and all that. But then I realized, for, for a budget that we are going to aim and like start making this, it's not possible to just have like 20 different characters, 50 different stories, right? Like it was all like abridged into the core story that we wanted to tell. Uh, but given that you have like three different layers within the movie of like the, the sci-fi, the thriller and the, the family aspect, the human aspect, uh, it's definitely a potential there. Um, and and a big shout out to my, my co-writer, Gary, um, he is actually writing a novel for Cerebrum. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, hey, it's, Gary! It's, I know, I know, it's the, it's the reverse, right? So, yeah, he, he presented some other concept to a, a literary writer, and they said, like, do you have something else? And Gary said, like, oh, I'm helping my friend write this movie, Cerebrum, and that guy's like, you need to write a novel about this. So Gary wrote his first draft, and now he's, actually, he's in his third draft right now, so it's so so many things that we left out are going to be in the book and i'm very excited for that fantastic can you tell us uh where we can see the film um video on demand which which platforms any other social media associated with the film as well uh yeah uh, so the movie is going to be out tomorrow in the u.s uh it's going to be on direct tv on demand dish network on demand uh the voodoo streaming channel and amazon direct not Amazon Prime, Amazon Direct, where you go rent the movies. Right. And it, it will also be out on uh, DVDs at Walmart. Um, and as uh, I spoke to my distributor today, he said it's possible we might have it on some cable network as well. We don't just know that yet. So hopefully it'll be on some cable network. Fantastic. Uh, this will be in US and then 
from June, we will be in UK. And then in between June and June, uh, now in June or after June, we will be in Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan seems to be a pretty good place for us to go. That's fantastic. You're, you're getting amazing distribution and you're hitting a lot of areas. I have no doubt that uh, people are yeah. going to come out to you trying to encourage you to do a little more. What is in the future for the rest? What's the next project, Christian, that you're going to or or are you guys have something else that you're working on while this is beginning to um, spread across? Uh, I just had a project that I shot back in uh, November um, that was that's in talks with stars right now. Uh, so that might be coming out next year at some point. Um, and then right now I am currently waiting to hear back on two feature films um, that I might have to leave in the next week or so to uh, start filming. Yeah, I see Casa Grande on yes. um, upcoming on your uh, IMDb. Is that the stars uh, show? Yes, sir. Oh, fantastic. You got Christina Moore. Um, yeah, I got a great cast involved. Uh, yeah, John, everyone, everyone John Piper fun. Ferguson. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun. A lot awesome. of fun. And Christian, you must be excited because this this film, uh, you know, getting the exposure it has and you as the lead role. Uh, h- how do you feel about this particular role and how do you feel that it will do for for your free acting in general? Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't gotten to, um, uh, you know, I, I came off of Hellfest uh, and then started filming this um, and Hellfest, you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a, uh, you know, a teen thriller uh, horror movie. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of, you know, required. I got to really just be myself with a bunch of friends inside of a theme park, uh, you know, running away from some guy trying to kill us. Um, and this film, I really got to push the boundaries um, and uh, dive a little deeper. Um, you know, this, um, about going back to what you guys were saying, this love story, it's a, <clears throat> it's something that I was going through in the process or I had I'd gone through a few years previous um, where I think uh, this story is a lot of, uh, a child realizing that, um, you know, uh, and I'm sure you all have been there, but you, you come to the realization that your parents made some decisions because they had no idea what they were doing. And they were just kids that had grown up and had kids of their own. And they were trying to figure out just like everyone else is. And, um, you know, we grow up thinking that our parents are supposed to be perfect and you know, we're supposed to hold them at this certain standard. But we, we finally come to this realization that they aren't perfect and they have their own past that they're dealing with. And, and, you know, things that they never, never try to work on or, or figure out. Um, so they don't know the best way or the best course of action. Um, so I think this, you know, it was, um, it was fun getting to, um, having already gone through the experience, get to portray that for other people to kind of see and notice that uh, we, sometimes we just got to give our parents um, a break because we don't know uh, what they're dealing with at, at all times. Okay. Fantastic. Well, this is an incredible interview. Um, we, we definitely urge all, all the listeners and viewers of Click on This to please check out this amazing film, Cerebrum. Um, definitely gets a Cerebrum running, that's for sure. It gets yeah, my brain yeah. running. <laughs> and and a, kudos to you for getting, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you shot during the pandemic? No, no. Like, no, no. Yes, yeah, no, right. We shot, uh, we, we shot in uh, December 2018 and the first fell and uh, the second one was done in February of 2019. Uh, so it was quite some time before the pandemic, and we were able to finish our post-production pretty much uh, by the end of early early 2020, I would say, when the pandemic had set in. Wow, you guys are so yeah. lucky. 
Yeah, just that when time came to release the movie, the pandemic had set in, and I think that was a. Uh, You'd have a lot more challenges then, right? Yeah. How had you been yeah. shooting in the pandemic? The world changed. If he had shot during pandemic year, Christian would have played all the character. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, man. Well, we thank you so much, Siraj and RV and Christian for. Uh, participate in this amazing interview um, to promote this great film. It was a pleasure yes. meeting you all and talking to you and it was an honor to yeah. see this film. It's it's really good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone that's a fam- fan of sci-fi but also a family drama tied into it uh, should definitely see this film. Love it. Thank you guys. Thanks. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.